Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Bergkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Bergkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello and welcome to a Burkham Wonderland. We are still an Arsenal podcast, although that would be hard to believe if you've been listening for the last five weeks. All my shenanigans is now out of the way and done, so I am now back full time. And I thought, who better to welcome me back into doing the podcast than the bloke? One of the many who we set up ABW with, it's uh, it's Gav from Shewa. Hello, Treacle. Hello, darling. I absolutely love you. Do you know that? <laughs> You're a lovely I bloke I absolutely love you. <laughs> and uh, it is nice that you asked me back after sacking me twice. Well, yeah. Have, have you have you learnt your lesson now? You stopped being chopsy on the internet. I'm not quite sure on that one. Uh, <laughs> some people might agree that I'm very, very chopsy these days. Uh yeah. Some people might think I'm just sort of standing up for supporters and stuff and doing my thing, man. I noticed that you have changed your angle of attack. Now that the, the, the team are good again, you, you decided it's time to challenge them on their shitty um, ticket allocation system, which is unbelievable how it can be so bad for a club. So all they have to do, employ a couple of people, have people's photos on your tickets, bish bash bosh, jobs are good and, and no more people charging people eight grand. I mean, what's the most you've seen the end of season, end of last game of the season tickets going for? Oh, don't. I mean, somebody put a silly one up, but it was 25 grand. Uh, but, wow. I mean, I would say you're probably looking at between 1200 12, and 1500 for the last game of the season. But, obviously, you know, the club say and people say that that doesn't guarantee that they've actually got the tickets. Uh, and obviously, if there's three or four reseller sites, the same ticket could be hosted on all three sites at the same time. So it, it does sort of magnify and it can magnify it. But it's very, very clear and obvious that a certain amount of tickets are going to touts and a certain amount of them are actually sold with permission to resell by the club. Ridiculous, and it could easily be sorted out. But we're going to come. To, we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit later in the pod. We're going to go and do our okay. customary. Oh, if anybody's wondering why there's no video, as we all know, as if you've been listening, Gav started this podcast with me and Gimli and Jeff and and FK and John and Steve started it in oh, the summer God of bless 2000. Him. 2013 we started this is season wow. number 10 and yeah. uh we never used to have because we invented the podcast well we didn't but i'm going to claim that we did one of the first three three arsenal podcasts and back then you didn't have cameras so gav is an international man of mystery much like jeff arsenal who the last time i heard from him was probably in october last year i've been sending him messages but he's he's uh He's blanked me, poor bloke. So, uh, yeah, oh. I thought Gav's got no camera, so I won't have a camera. So, <laughs> unity there. Let's go and have a say hello to some of the people in the chat, shall we? We've got Boy 10 Dio. Hello, how are you doing? Top of the evening to you, lad. I am still upbeat, all things considered. Best way to be. Fly KG says, welcome back to me. Thank you very much. Rude says, hello, gents. Good evening. Come on, you gunners. Steph says, the return of the legend. I think he means you, Gav, not me. Alton <laughs> says, evening. Rudy says, Danny, where are you? So I've just explained that. And there's there. Uh, no, Avon gives it an oi oi. 
Uh, Steph says he's still. Uh, Steph has been listening since day one. Steph Selby. He's been. Uh, he said, uh, "I can't believe he's still on." Uh, <laughs> and Deke, who does the the um, the post game shows me, I shall be back this week. Deke uh, is. Uh, he says, "Well, hello there, gentlemen." Phil Macker is there, and uh, people are saying hello to each other. Lovely, lovely. Nice to have you all here. Right. Um, yeah, the first thing, what's your thoughts up to this point of the season? Uh, I suppose before, when the season started, did you think we would be where we are now? No. I don't think anyone did, Dan, did they? No. Not unless thought, they had been like, whacked to the head. Yeah, no, I thought we'd, I thought we'd done good business in the summer. Uh, I was I mean, overjoyed with, uh, I, I think, if I'm being honest, I thought Jesus was a 75-25 kind of signing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was sort of 75% happy and 25% thinking, is he going to do it or is he not going to do it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Zinzenko, I thought, was an inspired signing. Uh, so I was, I was happy with the business we'd done in the summer and happy with the people we offloaded, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm thinking, we've got a team that's going to sort of challenge, seriously challenge for top four here. And yeah, That's what I went for about pre-season um, predictions. I said top four. I said four. Yeah. I mean, it was sort of like you're thinking, right, this is top four, but, you know, we've got the Europa League as well. Uh, it, it looked like a decent sort of cup side. Look, on their day, they're going to turn over anybody. And that's kind of my, my thoughts at the beginning of the season, if I'm being honest, mate. Hmm. Yeah, I think most sane people thought that. There's, you've got your handful of people who are the naysayers who went, no, Arteta out, he's never going to do it. And admittedly, my my views on Arteta towards the end of last season is I wanted to keep him. Now, if you go back and listen to it, the reason I wanted to keep him is because I didn't want to have to go for all that nonsense of picking a new manager, getting rid of all their players. So mine was out of sheer laziness. How did you feel at the end of last season? I've never done anything but back Arteta 100% since day one. Yeah. I've never said a bad word. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, if you want to go back through my tweets, and I have done in the past, I had plenty to say to him about him as a player at ours because we did sell him past his peak and he wasn't my favourite player. Because uh, obviously I'd watched him at Glasgow Rangers mm. and I used to watch him at, uh, I used to see the goals he used to score for Everton. But I think we signed him as a player. Fish little pond there, though, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he always... I mean, he'd done a great job at Rangers. He'd done a fantastic job, job at Everton. He had two very, very serious injuries, uh, which sort of slowed him up. He went from an, an attacking midfielder uh, to when he came to us, uh, which was after Wenger's panic buys, after we got stuffed somewhere, 6-2 oh. or something. Right? And... I mean, Arteta was the sort of player that we could have done with sort of two or three years before that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, so I wasn't the greatest fan of him as a, as a player. But since he came in, literally from day one, just fell in love with him. Just with what he was saying, uh, with how he was turning the club around by, obviously, I believe we'll, we might go into this at some point between me and you talking about the old Georgie Graham days. He just had them vibes, winning the FA Cup, playing defensively as you like. Uh, and I could see the process. And it wasn't just Arteta. You, you've got to look at them as the fact that this is probably the best management level uh, people that we've got at the club with regards to the playing side, uh, probably ever. I mean, you've got... World Cup winning Per Mertesacker doing an absolutely tremendous job running the running the youths. Uh, 
you've got Adu who loves his cigars and his barbecues and loves his light blue shirts, uh, who's just doing fantastic business for us, both in and out. And Arteta's backroom staff, when you go through them all, there's a lot of experience on there. They're all quite young still, but there's a lot, a lot of experience in there. And I hold my hands up. I fully, fully bought into the process. And I thought that this year was probably a year too early to challenge for the title. But if we got into the Champions League, we might be able to sort of go out and buy the 60, 70, 80 million players that can take us to the next level. But like I say, we've almost jumped a year uh, just purely through our town. Hmm. You brought an interesting point out there. We're both old. I'm 52 and you're nearly 50, aren't you? Or was that a top uh, secret? Uh, in no, I was, 50 in, I was 50 in August then. Oh, happy birthday, man. I'm sure. we Normally, people, me and Gav, we ring each other once a month for a couple of hours and we talk nonsense. We haven't done it for a couple of months. I thought we'd catch up partly on this. But we're both old enough to remember the glory, glory days of my the best ever Arsenal manager for me is George Graham because of what he was given a handful of dirt and he moulded that dirt into the best defensive side the first division have seen since the post-war days and won two titles, our only, our second European trophy, uh, all those other things, did wonderful stuff. Now, I'm looking at the 88-89 the, the winning side. Is it 88-89? Mm. Yeah, of course it is. Yep. There. And I'm comparing them. John Lukic, magnificent English player, should have been capped by England, quite similar to, to Ramsdale. But I think Ramsdale is more seaman than Lukic, isn't he? Uh, yeah, and unlike Lukic, he can kick the ball straight. Well, there is that to it. And then you have a look at, um, back then we played uh, played four at the back. We had Adams, which would be the kind of Gabriel one. And we had David O'Leary. No, actually, Adams would have been the uh, the Saliba one, wouldn't he? And David O'Leary was the one that stayed back. Adams was the one that used to go forward for corners like uh, like one of those two. And had Adams and O'Leary at the back. And then we had wingers. Uh, our wingers that we play at the moment, we know, is Martinelli on one side and Saka on the other. Well, that would have been um, Perry Grove. I mean, uh, Martin. No, yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, Paul Merson and uh, Rocky Rowcastle. They'd have been similar wingers. And then up front, and Brian Marwood. Uh, see, that's the point I was going to make. Brian Marwood coming in part way through the season. Um, did he come in that season or the one? I think he came in that season. Coming did, in part yeah. way through the season, which is just like Tossard has done, done absolute wonders. I was actually reading Brian Marwood's book the other day, his autobiography, talking about when he, he signed for Arsenal. From, uh, well, didn't, we get him, didn't we sign him from Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, Sheffield, I think. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. Then he went to Sheffield yeah. United after that. But Brian oh. Marwood came in very underrated, played on the wing, absolutely stunning player. Hmm. And he only did one and a half seasons with us. But then the other ones I'm looking at, people forget that back then we played with two defensive midfielders. We had Kevin Richardson, which I think would possibly be the party role, and Mickey Thomas would have been the Xhaka role. I mean, that season, um, the 88-89 season, Mickey Thomas scored seven goals in the league from midfield, much like Xhaka is doing. Once you've got someone behind you sorting everything out, then uh, Thomas and Xhaka were the ones that could have a bit of a free role, go forward and do stuff. The only thing that that team in the 89 team didn't have was a number 10. We didn't have someone playing behind the striker because we well, it, was almost, it was almost Thomas was the, was the 10 at times. Uh, yeah. but well, I last mean, game of the season, 10 was uh, Steve Bowl, <coughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, when uh, he switched, George Graham switched to three at the back. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, if you, I mean, I've obviously got very, very fond memories of that, of that season. I went yeah. more or less every home game, went, 
Oh, blimey, probably six or seven of the away games as well. Uh, Thomas really should have had at least double that amount of goals that season. Uh, when you say he scored seven, I was like, did he score that many? Because yeah. he seemed like he was getting in the right position all the time and never putting him away. So uh, I guess that's the uh, <clears throat> the bit when you go back and watch Fever Pitch. Look, oh, bloody hell, it's Thomas. Look, you kind of appreciate the fact that he didn't have the greatest of years in front of goal that year. He was almost like one of the last people you'd want that ball to fall to. Yeah, it would. It was. I'm just looking at that season. I went to the 88-89 season. I went to 11 games, 2-2 all at home, 2-2 Southampton, 2-1 QPR, 2-0 Coventry, 2-1 Man United, 2-0 Spurs, and then uh, 2-1 West Ham because we played West Ham in, in the league and then the FA Cup a little bit after. And then we lost 3-1 at home to Notts Forest. In eighty nine, oh yeah, and that, then uh, the the two two with Charlton was the last one I went to that season. That that QPR game, the two one game, right? Yeah. <clears throat> At that time, I was working on a building site, and one of the lads on the building site was Hillier's old man. No, 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 uh, no. It was the, it was the it was the building site after uh, I worked with Dave Hillier's. That once that job had done, I moved to another another building site. Yeah. And there was a QPR fan on there that like I used to chat to and all that. And he said, oh, you're going Highbury Saturday? I went, yeah, yeah, of course, blah, blah, blah. He went, all right. He said, I'll see you in the ground. I went, all right. I said, oh, look, I'll go in the clock end by the fence. Come and find me. So anyway, the whole game, there's like a like – a, the old Bill had like about – there was a big fence and there was like a, a tape with like about a metre cordon between them sort of thing. So all first half, we're slagging each other off and just having a laugh, taking a piss out of each other and all that. Half time. We both went down the front, sat down and had a chat. And the old Bill was sort of looking at us, thinking we was like going to meet him down to try and arrange a tear up. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. So that was funny. But, you know, I always remember that, that game. We just sort of sat down and like 45 minutes of like giving each other abuse. And we just sat down and had a chat like mates. But do you but, see uh, uh, Chelsea losing 1-0 and uh, Ben Chilwell has had a straight red? Come on, Lampard. Yeah. Come on, son. <laughs> Frank doing one. I was listening to the the Totally Football podcast with James Richards, James Richardson today, and he said uh, Frank Lampard has come into Chelsea and he has solved their problem of not uh, not finishing chances. And they went, "How's that?" He went, "We're not creating chances." <laughs> they had one chance in the last game, so they're one nil down. Wonderful. Oh, to that's, see. that's a shame. But there are so many similarities between the the George Graham early days of George Graham and winning the title in his was it his second or third season? I can never remember. It's his uh, his first, 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 like 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 I'd say, it's his third full season. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because he uh, um, came in from Millwall. I didn't realise he'd won something with Millwall until I looked at. I can't remember what it was. It might have been uh, the Division Three title or Division Two, something like that. Division Two. Uh, yeah, there's so many similarities between them. But then you look back at that and you think Alan Smith scored 23 goals in 26, in 36 games for us in that league yeah. season. And then at the moment, I think the thing is we've got 14 different Premier League goal scorers. Now, I think I looked at that and that's every single position apart from goalkeeper. And that 88-89 season, we had 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 different league goal scorers. I mean, wow. the similarities between the two and a squad full of English players... So many similarities, aren't there? Yeah, basically. I mean, it, I think it was... Uh, it's one of these quiz questions that uh, how many Eng- how many people born in England uh, played for Arsenal Anfield 18... Started at Anfield 89? Yeah. Because O'Leary was actually born in Stoke yeah. Newham. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, 
there's there's so many sim- similarities purely for the fact that George Graham uh, he come into a team w- which had big, you know had the big boy Charlies in there, big name Charlies. Uh, yeah, Kenny Sampson, Viv Anderson, uh, Viv Anderson, Charlie, Charlie. Nicholson. Yeah. I mean, I used to love Viv Anderson. Do you know what I mean, I mean, I thought he was an absolutely fabulous player for us. I'm still amazed now that he came to Arsenal after what he did at Forest, winning uh, European Cups and winning the league and stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. Do you know what I mean, and you know, it, and what Arteta's done. Uh, well, I mean, let's say let's call it Arteta and Adu. Yeah. Uh, they they cleared out these overpaid, underperforming prima donnas. Yeah, uh, were just blocking our club up. They were they were blocking us up. They were, you know, and he's gone with the youth. He's got, you know, I mean, even even the other day, I mean, every game we played, Dan. I mean, if, if you if you if we rolled back, probably nine ten years to some of the early podcasts that me and you did. Oh, I've been listening to some of them because they keep popping up on my YouTube, and we, we I think we moaned a little bit, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think we moaned a fair bit, uh, but I mean, do you remember? Like I say, one of the the major moans like I used to say is, uh, especially when we were sort of critic- when we was having these debates over uh, Wenger. What you're going to say uh, was over the youth, over the yeah. fact that, that Wenger just had an absolutely terrible let's record of bringing youth players through the system. Yeah. Uh, Four I mean, generations of them he had, and most of them turned out to be utter nonsense. And we put them all on parity wages. So you had players that are never going to play for a club on forty grand a week in the reserves. Yes, yeah, yeah it, it, absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, all right, you can give him credit for uh, bringing through uh, Jack, right? Yeah. But, but apart from Jack, uh, Ashley Cole was technically a, well. See, the thing he was is, out of the club, wasn't he? They didn't want him. No, well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we've. We, Ashley Cole's debut, and I was there, it was a Champions League game, and uh, Winterburn was injured. Uh, our second choice left back, which I think might have been Silvino, had passport issues. Aye, aye. <laughs> uh, and literally, Ashley, Ashley Cole was the only left-footed player left in, in the squad. Wasn't he on loan at Palace and we recalled him? I can't remember to be fair, but I know he uh, I know he came in. He had a fabulous game and never left. He wasn't well, never. even a left back, was he? As a kid, he was a forward. He was a le- yeah, he was a left winger. Yeah, he was a left winger, but he was and literally that- the only he was literally the only player that they could call on who had a left foot. So they so Wenger played him. Wenger yeah. never Wenger had no communication with the youth sides. He yeah. had no communication. He never went to the youth training ground. He never watched them play. I know that for a fact because obviously I've got mates who religiously go every single youth game as well uh, and did mm-hmm. back then. Uh, but now we've, we've got the link up because you've got, you know, Arteta speaking to speaking to Jack all the time and speaking to, speaking to Pearl all the time. Yeah. And you look at the, uh, I watched the under-18 game in their semi-final against Man City, which Man City are a top, top youth team. How we won that. I don't think we would have beaten with 11 versus 11. Mm. But it, it, you know, it was a red card, so Sodom. But uh, was you on about the one from a couple of weeks ago or last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that we scored right at the last minute of yeah. the FA so we, Cup, FA Semi Youth yeah. Cup, and we scored in the last minute of extra time. Yeah, but uh, uh, I mean, Man City are clearly paying the youth players or their family a lot of money because there's a lot of free houses all, being given away somewhere. 
Oh, yes, there's lots of free houses and lots of uh, jobs that don't exist at the club and stuff like that. Do you know, who was it? There was, uh, I heard that it might have been, I can't remember the player, but then one of the players signed for the club, uh, one of the other clubs, and they gave his mum a job as a scout, and the only two players she recommended to the club was Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, and she was being paid uh, 300 grand a year as a scout or something like something in the chat might. I mentioned this a while ago. Heard it on a podcast. You think, fucking hell. That's how they got mm. away with it. Yeah. It's like I say, I mean, it, it, how Man City have been allowed to get away with it and how they've got a, over 100 charges uh, to face for breaching. It's over 300, isn't it? Oh, I don't know, mate. I, I just keep reading. It's over 100 charges, love that have actually been accepted as proper charges that they've been asked to answer to. Yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've been bending and breaking the rules. But you only had to look at them, mate. They're the Man City youth team, right? I think the smallest was six foot, right? <laughs> they, these are like, you know, 15, 16, 17 and 18-year-old kids. Yeah. I mean, the, and you line them all up against each other and literally all of them are sort of three or four inches taller than all of us, than all of our players. That's and, the way to do it in youth football, isn't it? Get a load of players that are really and just watch the game with, with height and, and size. Well, the thing is, is they're also very, very good technical players. I mean, you, yeah. you think the fact that in that game, the uh, the Man City lad got set off after about 10 minutes and then we scored from the uh, free kick. And for the rest of the game, it, it still looked like an 11 versus 11 game. Yeah. It, they are, the Man City youth side are that good. But whether or not any of them are ever going to break through, because Man City's squad on a match day, they've got one youth player in it. Yeah, we've got um, to look at the, this pre-season. Southampton, I think they bought two or three of the Man City youth players, each yeah. for 10, 15 million quid each. I mean, just the, that's what Chelsea used to do to make all their money. The fact that you've been at Man City puts an extra five or 10 million on you at a 17-year-old. Oh, 100%. 100%. They're, I mean, they're, they're proper playing it right, but they are getting... the. T- <sighs> They, 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 I mean, Heskey's son was on the bench for Man City. He come on in extra time, I think. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, Jaden. Yeah, which makes uh, makes me feel old. I don't know about you, Dan. Dan. Well, Robbie Savage's son plays for Man United, doesn't he? He's he's, uh, yeah. he's on loan at the moment. I think uh, Crawley or Wickham or somewhere like that. He's on. No, Forest Green. I think he's on loan at. Oh, there's so many. I mean, I felt old when Ian Wright's kids were playing football. Ian Wright's kids have played football, retired. They've had kids and their kids are playing football. Kevin Campbell's son is playing for Stoke. Yeah. Tyrese. I think, I think, uh, I think Ian Wright's grandson plays for yep. Stoke as well. Yeah, he does. And there was also Paul Ince's son playing for Stoke as well. It's good not having a camera. I can pick my nose and nobody knows. <clears throat> yeah, but um, I'm going to bring something up on well. the screen here. Um, something I've been working on. So far, no one has stolen it, which is which is a which is a bloody miracle. Hold on, get rid of uh, Aston. Dan, uh, Dan, if I, I'm I'm reading the comments, if I press the X in the right hand corner, am I going to get kicked out? Well, down the bottom right. No, no, top right. So uh, I'm, I'm in I'm in the comments box. Yeah, or well, on YouTube. On uh, Streamyard. Yeah. No, if I press. Nothing- the- I can't see where there's an X. You mean a star? Oh, okay. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. Okay, good. Right, I'm going to bring up a screen of something I've been working on. Right, here we go. It's on a window. It's um, No, it's not. It's on a Chrome tab. Da-da-da. Here we go. Share that. Now then, boys and girls, mums and dads, cats and dogs. This is league only, 
And this is our run of games. The season's down the left-hand side, across the top, games 1 to 38. Go down a little bit lower, and I've got them other ones. But on the left-hand side, you can see where it's gold. That means it's our title-winning seasons. And so look at that run, Gav. That's, uh, we've only had... Um, we've we've lost we've lost three this season and we've we've drawn four and you compare that to some of some of the other seasons if i just go and i mean first of all this season we scored 72 goals that's as many more than we did in the last three seasons and almost as many as we did in the three before that but just that run i'm going to go here and i'm just going to go and delete a few and then just put all the ones where we've won the title together so i'm going to go and uh Oh, can I go and delete those? Before, as, as you're deleting that, what is clearly obvious is... Yeah, too much time. <clears throat> comparing us to last season, we would <clears throat> win, 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 lose three on the bounce. Win, 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 lose a couple on the bounce. Win, 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 lose three on the bounce. And the good thing about this season and what's been really, really good is they've actually learned to sort of handle that. Do you know what I mean? It's learned that one defeat isn't and doesn't turn into sort of like three on the bounce. And that's been like a, a major, major step forward. It has indeed. Now, I've deleted... Leaving the, leave the 88 for me, if you can, if it's not too okay. late. Okay. Um, the 87, 88. 87, 88, yeah. Okay, well, I was going to get rid of these. I'm still new with this thing. Uh, delete rows 10 to 17. And I'll leave you in 88, 89. There you go, people. At home, if you're not looking, I have got this season... I've got the, the the invincible season, the 0102 season, the 97, 98 season, which was my favourite, the 91 season. Um, I'll get rid of the 90 because that was a that was a nightmare. And get rid of the oh. 90 season, delete row. And then we've got the 88, 89 season and the one before that Gav wanted. So all I've got up there is our runs of games starting from the first game of the season, win, draw, or loss in different colours. And then in yellow, it is the the um, on the right-hand side, Gav, I think that is the game that we actually won the title on. So in the, okay. the Invincible season, we won at game 34. Um, the 02 season, game 37. And then the 98 season, game 36. The 91 season, game 37. And then the 88-89 season, no surprise, last kick of the game, last game of the season. So what were you going to say about looking at that? Yeah, no, just going to the, uh, the bottom row, which is the 87-88 season. Yeah. Uh, which it was a shame, really, because if you look at the, the results up until sort of week, I can't read the number, but 15. it was probably coming up to around Christmas time. Yeah, game 15. Game 15. So, uh, yeah, probably just after Christmas time. We was in yeah. with the South that season, you know. Yeah. And then we had that sort of dodgy run of 10 games and then a lot of draws. But if we sort of continued in that vein, we could have won the league that year. But also, we were the holders of the League Cup that season, and we got to the final of the League Cup again that season in 1988. Lost three two in the final to to uh, Luton Town Luton. because uh, Winterburn missed a, missed a penalty. Should never have taken it. Um, so that was a busy season for us, and, and that was also back in the time we were having good runs. So we we're fighting on three fronts with a tiny, tiny squad of about 11 first team players and then about six or seven youth players that came in as well. Plus, Charlie Nicholas was in that season before. Yeah. And as he was our main man and wasn't actually scoring goals all season, was he? No, no. I mean, and obviously, it's obviously worth mentioning at that time that that was when there was no European football. Yeah. Uh, so the League Cup was taken highly, highly seriously by everybody. Everybody put a first team out. 
uh, for the League Cup. So to reach the League Cup final two years running uh, was a good achievement. It's to comparison to compare it now. It's probably a bigger achievement than reaching the FA Cup final two years running now. It is. I mean, you look at the other, not just that, the, the, the goals we've scored. When we won the title in 91, we scored 70. This season, we got 72. The, in the Invincible season, we only scored one more goal. And we've still got eight, go, eight games left to go. And the season, the 02 season, we scored 79. In the 98 season under Wenger, the double season, we only scored 68 league goals. Now we've got 72. And pair that with the fact that we've only conceded 28 goals. I mean, oh. our goals for and against record, and this is Arteta's only just getting started, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's warming up, mate. He's still making mistakes. I'm not saying he's perfect. I, I thought his uh, choice of substitutions and timing of substitutions uh, against Liverpool were questionable. But if it had worked, they wouldn't have been questionable. But because they didn't work, they're questionable. And unfortunately, that's how football works these days. Uh, and yeah, but I uh, say so he's still learning. It's his, you know, it's his first job. He's got the experience. He's got the backing of everybody. Uh, he's clearly got the dressing room. Uh, but yeah, he, he's not perfect yet. He's still, we're still probably. <clears throat> We're probably five years away from Arteta peaking as a manager, if I'm being honest. This is a point that I made. Yeah, I'll just made it bigger on the screen so people can see it and I got rid of our logo. I was I'm saying to someone, someone's giving me some grief, um, some uh, Liverpool fans or, or Spurs fans, and uh, I made the point. I said, this, these kids, if they'd have had two or three years more experience as Premier League pros, we'd have smashed Liverpool 6-2. The only reason we didn't score those last goals is because they're still evolving as young men. Liverpool are past their peak at the moment, and they were lucky to to get the penalty, and they were lucky to get that last-minute goal. We were by far the best. People are really saying it's the game of the season with the way mm. we were playing. We were absolutely stunning. It's much like um, last season we played Man City. We were the better team, and they beat us. It's like Liverpool. We were the better team, and they got a draw out of it. But I don't look at that game as... As, as two points dropped. I look at that game as so much wonderful experience for those players and not many teams go to uh, go to Anfield and get a draw. I mean, this season, they're not the greatest team. They're still half decent up front, but they're a mess. But the, when it comes to North London derbies, games against Man United, games against Liverpool, form, league position, everything goes out the window, doesn't it? Yeah, no, they've, they've got a very, very good home record this year. I mean, they, they beat Man City. It's just away their shit. Yeah, basically they're they're just terrible away uh, yeah. at home. They've they've got a decent, a very very decent record, and I think most people would have accepted a draw uh, and took the draw before the game kicked off. the The problem was was obviously we were so dominant in the first thirty five minutes uh, that you can't help feeling a little bit upset that we didn't follow it through with a win. So it's always the way. I mean, I mean if 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 it was the other way round and we'd scored a last, you know, a last minute, you know, goal to get the winner, uh, sorry, last minute goal to get a draw, yeah, we'd we'd all be delighted. So it's it is what it is. We move on. We're we're in a great position. Another little uh, people may know that I may realise I've got a little bit too much time on my hands at the moment. I've got another little screen for you, Cap. This one might make you smile. St Totteringham's Day. This is another one I've made, and so far no oh. one has stolen it. 
which is which is an absolute miracle. I think I can make this a little bit bigger, actually, because there's uh, not as much information on the screen. There we go. Uh, for people at home on the bus, I haven't taken the dog for a walk. I've got all of our seasons going down. And then left-hand side, I've got Arsenal's points and positions, Spurs' positions and points, and then the overall total of St. Totteringham's Day. I've only gone back to the Arsenal double season of 70-71 because after that, it's a bit of a mess. Uh, a bit of credit should go to Mike Pitt, who did all the history of this, and I just um, stole some of it and then put it into a, a form that I could uh, could understand it. But you look over St. Totteringham's days over the years, where it's 37-14 to us. But then you look at the number of the, the Spurs have won at the last six in a row with a total of 32 more points than us in the last six seasons that they've won it. So far this season, we're 22 points ahead of them, I think we are, 20 or 22, something like that. So we're almost going to wipe six years of those finishing above us. We're going to wipe that out in one season. And you look down some of these, the the Invincibles years, we finished 45 points ahead of Spurs in the league. (laughs) We won Totteringham's Day on the 13th of bloody March. Unbelievable. Weren't even time to unmap the Easter eggs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> True. And um, the earliest date we've ever done it was in 0708. We won it by the 9th of March. Um, I think this season, looking at the stats, if uh, if Spurs drop points at the weekend and when we beat West Ham, because we will, I think we might be able to win it this weekend. Um, if not this weekend, then it's going to be against Southampton. We will do it with, what, five, six games left to go. But it is, it is an important thing being St. Totteringham's Day. But I read that it was, I don't know if you know anything about this, it was actually a misspelling on an Ask blog post from about 2004 or five or six. Do you know the history of St. Totteringham's Day? Because I don't. Uh, <clears throat> I would say that's probably a little bit of an urban myth, Dan. I mean, we've always... Uh... I read it on Wikipedia. <clears throat> It must be true. Uh, I think there's there's always been. I mean, obviously, due to the fact of the the proximity of of Arsenal and Tottenham, there's always been bets on who's going to finish above the other one. That's been going on for probably a hundred years now, uh, because obviously, you know, you get some families that have got mixed support. I mean, I've got unfortunately two cousins who were infected by a uh, an aunt who supports Tottenham. Disgusting. Uh, which is why Keith is my favourite out of the three of them. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you get families that have, you know, a mixed Arsenal and Tottenham and you get neighbours and you get workmates and there's always been this who's going to finish above each other bets and banter going on for absolute, absolute years and years. So it's always been the day that, they should pay up uh, their bet. But what I'm more, like I say, as much as finishing above them, I think is the is the bare minimum standard for any Arsenal manager. Any Arsenal manager, the, the bare minimum standard for that season is to finish above them. Yeah. But the fact that our London derby record, uh, such wood, has been absolutely amazing this year. Yeah. Uh, we've won the most London derbies in one season ever in yeah. any league. Uh, and obviously we've still got a couple more to go. So the fact that we're not only going to have uh, very, very soon the uh, St. Tottenham's Day or Tottenham's yep. Day or whatever you want to pronounce it, we're also going to finish uh, very, very soon the top London side. And that that's where we are. We are, we are the biggest team in London. We are the best team in London at the moment. So 
I'm going to be sort of celebrating not only the fact that we're finishing above them and we're going to put them back in their box, but also the fact that, we, you know, we're, we're back as the top London side. We, you know, we're, we're London Kings, mate. It's only been a little bit of a blip. And they, all of, whatever they do is down to one player. And do you think he's going to leave them this season? He has to, doesn't he? If he's going to do anything, because they're on the way down. I think if he's got any ambitions of finishing his career with anything but a room full of golden boots. From and, and the Audi Cup. And the Audi Cup, he's going to have to. But it's he's almost running out of options to who to go to. And they're not even paying him a decent amount of money. Any other player with that record at another club would be on three hundred grand a week. Hmm. Was yeah. he on about 100, 150? It was on. It was only on seventy grand up until recently, wasn't he? I absolutely no idea, mate. If I'm being honest, but I think that if Man United come in with a, a decent offer this season, I think that it would only be the right thing for him to uh, to accept it. I think that. I think basically it's. It's almost Man United or nothing. Uh, Two hundred grand a week, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, where you think a Bangyang was? Uh, sorry, is it a Bangyang that was on three hundred and fifty grand a week? I think he was three hundred and maybe twenty, and Urza was three fifty. Yeah, do you know and what I mean? Every penny of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and obviously, Kane's wages would be dependent on Champions League football as well. So, because uh, obviously players get a. Uh, a bonus for champ if if the club's in the Champions League, their wages go up by about 20, 25 percent. So uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's good for him that he's a one club man, and I've got a little bit of respect for that, if I'm being honest. But if he wants to finish his career with, yeah, proper trophies and proper medals, then he's going to have to move. And if he don't move next season, it's going to be too late for him. He's one injury away from. You know, losing a little bit of pace, and that's it, he's done. And another record that's going to be gone this season is Clive Allen's record's going to gone by Haaland's going to break that of the, was it 49 goals all competitions in one season? Haaland, I think he is now on 46, and they've probably got a dozen games left to go or something like that because they've got one more league game than us. They've got FA Cup games, they've got Champions League games. Do you think that could be the thing that would help us win the title? The fact that they've got so many games to play in, in three competitions? It's not gonna. The thing is, is winning. Firstly, winning is a winning's a habit, contagious. And at the moment, they're in the habit of winning every single game. Uh, the problem is, is once you get to this stage of the season, and obviously we can almost certainly say that they're not going to lose four 0 out in uh, Munich. No, uh, no. Do you know what I mean, yeah, that, that ain't going to happen. As you know. If Munich score four, they'll score three or four as well. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't think Man City are that that solid at the back. The problem is, is it's not just the fact that they're playing every three or four days, which they're going to be doing now. It's the fact that the away games, they're going to lose a day for travel uh, and rest. And their preparation time is going to be lower. So they're going to actually have less preparation time between games. And although they've got you know, a double squad. You know, their their second eleven will probably get in the top six on their own. Uh, but it's just purely on the fact that they're just not going to have the time to prepare for every sort of outcome in every game. So there's going to be a lot of winging it and a lot of luck involved. And also the fact that 
I'm not sure, as much as we've got to go to Man City and Newcastle, yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to be going to Brighton or Brentford. Brentford are one of the one of the best teams to watch and one of the they they are a really good team. But looking over the including what they played yesterday, over the next two over the next um what's today? Today is the the twelfth. So including yesterday, which would have been the eleventh, up to the next eleven days, next ten days, we've got two games, they've got four. And yeah. then the, the next two weeks after that, we've got two games. That will take us down to the, the 2nd of May. And then going to the 2nd of May, they have got one, two, three. They've got three games, and plus Brighton has been postponed. So that's a, and that is all going to build up. And we know that Haaland has got he's, he's got a bit of a dodgy ankle. And uh, when they've changed the... Remember when, when we signed... Um, when we signed Alan Smith, the kind of football, and when we signed Ian Wright, the kind of football we played, well, that season we won the league in 89, 14 players scored goals. When we got Smith, when we got Ian Wright, everything was put through those two. And, and to an extent, same with Thierry Henry, everything was through those. But in the on the Henry days, we had lots of other players that would score goals. But regularly, you would have players playing for Arsenal that wouldn't score a goal all season when we had mm. Ian Wright up front. And if Ian Wright didn't play or Alan Smith didn't play in, in their peaks... We weren't scoring goals. We would go, like in that cup winners' cup run that we had, we went, Ian Wright has been banned. Ian Wright isn't playing. Well, how are we going to score goals? And that's how uh, Man City have kind of become. I know they've got the, those, those couple of young strikers and they've got some wingers that can do it. But for them to get rid of uh, Jesus and Sterling and uh, the uh, the bloke they sent back to Bar, they sold to Barcelona to get rid of three strikers. And I think they've got Alvarez at the moment. That might be the name of their young striker. I think if Haaland doesn't play for them, they have to change the style of football they play. And so far, it's worked out for them. I, I think against... Um, there was one team they played recently, might have been Burnley or someone or one other team in the league. or, the, or the, They didn't play Haaland and they did really, really well. But it's mm. asking a lot from your players to revert back to the formation they've been playing for the last two seasons because um, Aguero wasn't playing. So they'd adapted with not playing with a striker and won back-to-back league. Did they, actually, I think they won back-to-back leagues. Yeah. And now they've changed the way they play to accommodate a world-class player like Haaland. When he doesn't play, hopefully, is what I've got my fingers crossed, they're going to struggle to adapt to it because I can't see Haaland playing every single one of the God knows how many games. I mean, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Then they got um, the final, and so they could have fifteen or sixteen more games this season. Yeah. We've got eight, and so exactly. Harlan can't do it. That's where I've got my fingers crossed. And like you were saying with Brentford, going away to Brentford isn't easy. They're going to go away to Everton, and Everton are going to kick the shit out of them. They've got to go. They've got to have Leeds come to them, and Leeds at Man City. They've got history. That's going to be a war. Hopefully, I've got my fingers crossed. They're going to get some players injured. The the other one is, I'm more can if if I could pick one player from Man City to be out for the rest of the season, yeah, it would be De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, he's uh, about to break the record, isn't he? For he just got his hundredth Premier League assist last game. Yeah, I and, mean uh, it, he's it, going for the, the the Premier League season assist record as well. Exactly, and they're, they're all basically to Haaland. So. He, he's he's the main danger, and he, you know he's a little bit fragile. He's a little bit more fragile than Haaland. Uh, he's the sort of uh, he's the key to Man City. He, he's, he's absolutely the, the key to him. Uh, I don't know why teams just don't you know sign up David Hitter or man mark him. It's 
it's can he play every single game? Mm. Uh, it, 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 he just unlocks the, the whole way they play. And obviously Foden's a little bit injury prone uh, this season, probably due to his age. And uh, Grealish has his moments where when he's not diving, I'll put, I think he probably hurts himself more by diving than he does by uh, getting kicked. player though. But yeah, but like I say, he, he's not 100% fit all the time as well. So, you know, the more they're playing, the more it's likely. And it, it's that simple. It, it, it is that that simple. It is indeed. Um, little little quick spot quiz for you here. I've got the Premier League's most assists in the history of the Premier League. I've got the top 20. How many of the top 10 do you reckon you can name? I mean, you've seen them all play because they're all Premier League. Oof. I was surprised by number one and how far ahead he is of everybody else. Top 10 assists. Yeah, I wouldn't have got number one because he, he's retired ages ago. But I don't, thinking about it, it's logical. I don't, I've, like I say, it's not a statistic that I've looked at. I've actually no, seen, the t- I've seen the table. Hmm. Uh... <laughs> only two playing at the moment. Right, okay. Fact, right. Out, of the, out of the top twenty, there's only four playing, and they're both all old. Right, men, okay, right? so we've got, so we've got the, the the boy must be in there. Yeah, fifth. Uh, Fabregas must be in there. Second. Uh, no, there's no other Arsenal players, is there? In the top ten, there's only one. Someone named a podcast after him. Uh, so Burkamp's in there. Hey. Right. That's why I asked. I was unsure whether Burkamp. Right. Okay. So that's three. And you've got the one who's won the most Premier League titles. If he's not beating up his misses, allegedly. <laughs> uh, hold on. Ashley Cole. No, not no. Ashley Cole. No. He's won the most Premier League titles. Yeah, he's won like twelve Premier League titles or something. Played the most number of seasons as well. He's Welsh. Giggs? Yeah. So Giggs is first, Fabregas second, Wayne Rooney Giggs is third. Giggs first? Yeah, Giggs has got 162, Fabregas 111. How many did uh, Henri get? Henri got 74. Because he, he was the first player to score over 20 league goals, over 20 Premier League goals, and get over 20 Premier League assists in the season. Yeah, I don't think many people have ever done that. Lampard is fourth. Oh, I the same. Yeah, De Bruyne fifth, Bergkamp sixth, David Silva seventh, then Fatty Gerard is uh, eighth, James Milner and David Beckham is tenth. But one that did surprise me, Ashley Young is fifteenth. But then again, when he was really? at Palace and Villa, he was, yeah. at, was he at Palace? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know when he was at Villa because he's an Arsenal fan. He was, he played as a winger and, went, and the beginning of his career at Man United, he played as a winger as well. It's only late in his career that he decided to go um, go and play fullback. And he got twentieth uh, place: Nobby Solano, Matt Letizia, Shearer, seventeenth; Gareth Barry, seventeenth; uh, Darren Anderton, sixteenth. Uh, no way. No, no. But then you look at uh, Darren Anderton. They, we used to call him Sick Note. You, you, you look at yeah. he's played three hundred games for. For Spurs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but that was, that was over 40 years. <laughs> it was. Uh, Premier League rec- appearances by Darren Anderton, 319. Not oh, bad, well. is it? Yeah, yeah pretty good. Um, yeah, what else are we going to talk about? So do you think we're going to win the league then? 
because I think after this weekend, it's put a bit of a, a wobbler on it, hasn't it? I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm no more confident or unconfident than yeah. I was before that game. Yeah. Uh, I think if we'd lost that game, then I think I'd be thinking, oh, no, it, it, it's gone. Uh, but yeah, it, it's almost like status quo. Uh, I'm almost at the point now where I've got full faith in our team doing what they've got to do for the rest of the season. Yeah. And it's purely now, it's not us, it's down to Man City. And Man City are on a, a five five winning streak at the moment. They've won their last five games. Uh, I believe they've got nine more to play, is it? Nine or eight or nine? Nine in the Premier League. We've got eight. Nine in the Premier League. So if Man City win their last 14 games of the season straight, then there's nothing we can do about that. I mean, they've won they're, nine in a row all competitions. They're unbeaten in, in nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. They're unbeaten in 13, and they've only lost one in the last 17. And that was, they lost one nil at Spurs. Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> but the fact that you say, yeah, because uh, they've got the game in hand, and if they beat us, then they will be ahead of us. I mean, it, we've done really well in recent season, in recent games to come back and almost level out the... The the goal because our goal theirs is forty eight, ours is forty three. Mm. Um, but they they just banged in a load at the weekend, which really didn't help us. What did they get? They got um uh, forty one. We, we were, we were about we were about twelve goals behind them at one stage. Yeah, loads. Uh, but it, it just it, it is what it is, Dan. I mean, I was talking to a mate earlier today, and I was saying I'd love to be twenty this season. Oh. I would love to be 2021 this season. Uh, All those years to come of going to games. Yeah, and well, not only that, uh, it's just purely on the fact of the excitement levels uh, because they've had to put up with their whole childhood of an FA Cup here and there and their parents talking about, do you remember when we won the league? They haven't had the years that we've had. I mean, you know, this is their... This is their 89 season. And again, like I say, talking with uh, a bunch of old moany gits like me who <laughs> in, my, in my little group chat every day. And everyone said, look, you know, the, if we win the league this year, it's a greater achievement than 89. It's a greater achievement. Just well, 89, there was only one opposition, Liverpool. Yeah. This but season it, is five. It would it would just be a great it'd just be such a greater achievement because you know the season before we had a decent side that just sort of fell apart after sort of Christmas January time uh, and yeah no it it'd be such a, a as as much as I will never disrespect or never talk down at the eighty nine season uh, like I say it, it just would be a greater achievement this year and for like a twenty twenty one year old now Dan going to games. And watching the best Arsenal side they've seen in their lifetime, and thinking to themselves, "Well, I'm going to have stories to tell my kids. Look, my dad and granddad and uncles and aunts and mums have been telling us about '89 and '91 and the Invincibles. It, I mean, this would be like a, a generational achievement, and it's just all down to finally the club putting the right." the right places to do the right jobs and having the right structure. I mean, Gazidis, you know, what a godsend it was when he left us. 
Hmm. Yeah, and he's fucked it up at AC Milan as well, isn't it? They're knackered. I mean, they've won one title, but they fluked it. But they're um, and that other bloke, the Spanish bloke who we wanted to get in, head of football, he's gone to Valencia or someone like that. He's made a complete mess of it there as well. Oh, Adui's just perfect. Adui's like uh, Adui's just like he's, he's. You can almost see him being absolutely so diplomatic and so accommodating to say, "What? What do you need? What do you want? Let me see what I can do." Mm. Let me get my book out. Do you know what I mean? He just seems so much. Look, he, he's such the the cushion between Arteta and Murtasaka and the board. Look, he's he's just perfect, a- absolutely perfect. And the fact that it's another man in a key position that absolutely loves our club. That's something we used used to, you and Steve used to go on about back in the day. For people who don't know, Steve, Lord Hillwood, sadly passed away a few years ago, but he was one of the founding members of ABW. Gav and Steve used to always go on and go, one of the first things we need at the club is people who used to play for the club, who understand the club. And now we've got Edu at the top, we've got Perma Saka, we've got Mikel Arteta as manager, and we've got super, super Jackie Wilshere running the under-18s. And we've got a load of other ex-players um, around the club doing other things. And this is what you always went on about that you wanted, wasn't it? Yeah, so like I say, I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. One, just a quick one on Jack, right? The under-21s have had a stinker this year. That's because all the best players have been, have been the first team. Well, yeah, they're either in the first team or they're on, they're on loan. Uh, I've got a sneaky, you know, look, if not next season, the year after. Jack's going to make I, a comeback. I, no, I, no, I think Jack I think Jack will end up in a, a, as, as a 21s. I, on, I, I honestly think that this group of players that Jack's bringing through at the moment, yeah. I think he's going to come up with them. And it wouldn't surprise me in four or five years' time that Jackie's one of Arteta's uh, assistants. I honestly think he's going to progress with the, the under-18 side he's got at the moment. I think they're going to pull him through with them. Yeah, well, they did. They did play together, and that is that. Uh, that would be a good way of doing it, and uh, bringing all the players through as you go through. But the the under twenty one manager at the moment is Mehmet Ali. Never heard of him, apart from being linked to Arsenal. Um, he definitely didn't play because I would uh, I'd have remembered a name like that. Do you know anything about him? He's done a great job with them. Yeah, no, I like I say. I mean, he, he's he's probably. I mean, it's re- really probably really really bad. Look, the fact that. All the best players are getting pulled from the under twenty ones. Probably so, so hard for them. Yeah, I mean, so you, you can't really, really criticise the fact that, of how many uh, players that he could play, but he can't play, and he's not getting to train with them because they're training with the first team. There, there's there's all sorts uh, of issues that he's got. But I mean, his issue is is to keep them fit uh, and train them like the first team. Uh, yeah, are playing. So. It, it's very, very hard. It'd be very, very hard to judge him. But the fact, I think, we're like, you know, if we lose the next three games, the under twenty ones could get, you know, could get could go down. They could get demoted. I'm just looking here. He started his uh, training, his uh, management career at Spurs. He was a youth coach from 13 to, to 19. Then he was assistant manager for the under 21s at uh, Reading. And then he was the manager of the under 21s at Reading. And he joined us in January 2022, which is why I've never heard of him. Yeah, I mean, it's probably very, very unfair criticism. He's probably a very, very good coach and he is 
at the end of the day, he's following orders. He's but and he, like I say, you know, he's losing players left, right, and centre because of our slimmest size squad. You've got to think that half of his players are playing with the with the first team every week. Mm. Uh, but like I say, you, you've got to sort of imagine that the way Jack's done, how well he's done with the 18s. Yeah, uh, we're all sort of like it might that might be his pathway upwards. Do you know what it's, I mean? It's continuity, isn't it? That's what you need at a club. Just looking at the leagues. The under twenty threes, the under twenty ones league, they've really, they've changed it again. Um, there's only four more games to go in the season. Arsenal are seventh on twenty nine points. Only two go down. Leicester are down because they've only got twelve, and then below them is Spurs are on twenty one points. Um, yeah. So look, so we're not going to go down, which is really good. And looking at the under eighteen side um, season, which is a little bit harder because, like we're saying, all the best players have. Uh, are coming up uh, on the bench and having seven players on us on the sub bench as well that doesn't help these teams. Um, Arsenal are eighth in the league. Doesn't say how many go down, but we're uh, four points ahead of of uh, the, the team in the relegation place, Villa, and we have got uh, four games left to go of the season. But we had a yeah. terrible one of results. But it's not about winning games when you're playing at that level. It's about becoming the player that you will be in the future and. Playing under a manager like Jack Wilshere, I mean, on your first day, you've got to look at him and go, my God, if you're an Arsenal fan, go, that's Jack Wilshere. That's the man who got five man of the matches in a row playing for England. That man mm. it made the Arsenal tick for years and got no protection from referees, which is why he's manager at the age of 31 and not playing. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, what, what when, it, when it comes down to that, you've it's, the youth setup is very, very sort of flexible. I mean, a lot of, if you go to look at the side that Jack played uh, <clears throat> in the semi-final against Man City, mm. one of them has played for the first team already. Manwari. Uh, Manwari. Uh, dubri has been on the bench uh, for us. And a lot of them are playing above their age group in the 21s. Ferdinand is like a deep player as well. So it's... An, when you, when you go to judge a youth side, really, especially the under-18s, the under-18s are judged on the FA Cup, FA Youth Cup. That's where they're judged. That's where every player who was under the age of 18 as of the first, yeah, the 31st of August last year, that's where every club polls their players in. But a lot of the, under, a lot of the better under-18s are playing for the 21s because the 21s are training with the first team and getting you know time on the bench and going away and travelling with the first team and stuff like that. So it's it's very, very, uh, as you said, the, the youth setup is really to sort of help the first team. And especially under 18s, it's more of, you know, they'll play a, they'll play like a left-back, uh, left-midfield uh, or left-wing just so that he knows what it's like to play in that position. They'll, you know, they'll used to do a lot of that, didn't he? And George Graham. Well, Wenger used to play a centre midfield or a left wing just purely for the fact that he didn't know what else to do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's with the youth setup. It's it's all very very flexible, and results aren't the main thing. It's performance and learning and growth and blah blah blah. And it's yeah, it's like I say, it's probably unfair to criticise the under twenty ones manager. But I do feel in a couple of years' time, that's where Jack will be. Um, FK, who invented AB, 
Ricky along with us too and a few others says he's in the chat. What a pairing here. Danny with his smooth tones. Gav chatting away. Brought me into podcasting. Those were the days. And he's followed it up with another message. Just lacking Gav shouting Wenger or Wenger out. Do you want to give, <laughs> do you want to give a quick Wenger out? Uh, no, he's gone, mate. History. <laughs> Love you, FK. Oh, FK said, Danny, do me a favour, join me for a late night latte. Yeah, I'd love to. Be good. You should do, mate. Come, come, come on and join us. Yeah, I've been a busy. Come on and join busy. us. I'm, I'm back doing podcasting now. I've been away for five weeks. Um, missed it. And uh, some of ABW have tried and some of ABW couldn't give a fuck. They're all fired. Um, right, what else are we, we going to cover? Um, anything else you want to talk about? Let's talk a little, talk a little bit about the ticketing system because... Oh. We've seen for like the Beyonce tickets and for the Elton John tickets, the whole thing. Uh, there was, I'm sure there was a football club recently that said, when you get tickets, we're going to put your photo on the ticket, your name, your address, so nobody else can use it. Arsenal should do that and then hire a couple of people, 30 grand a year, and say, on match day, if you turn up at this ticket office with that ticket, with the other person's name on, and with the other person's ID or something like that, that is the only way... You can check it. You can change it. I mean, because it's ridiculous that you have got fans now. Did I really tweet you for you saying that a couple of years ago? I mean, now all everybody wants to go see the Arsenal, but a couple of years ago, even if you were a um, a silver member, you would get tickets. And now you've got people that are doing low end of away games and they aren't even getting tickets. Tell just, yeah. just go through it a little bit because it's, it's horrendous the way it's working. Yeah, basically, the. It's. As the. Uh, I'm trying. Should I just go for the history of it all? Yeah. Do, yeah. Do what you want. I'll, 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 go, I'll go for the. I'll go for the history of my history. Right. I mean, yeah. I was uh, a junior gunner, eighty six, eighty seven. Uh, when I went to as an adult, uh, I was a travel club member. I think my first travel club membership was eighty eight, eighty nine. Uh, I've still got the membership card with me looking very handsome. My first what? season ticket was eighty seven, eighty eight. Oh bloody hell! And uh, anyway, so up until the North Bank got knocked down, you didn't need a season ticket. You just turned up, paid on the door. When the North Bank got knocked down, <clears throat> uh, I went a couple of games, and by the, uh, like I say by about sort of nineteen ninety, I was in the clock end, and I went a couple of games at the start of that season with no North Bank, and I was just sort of surrounded by people that I didn't really have any attachment to. Uh, and all the clock end lot weren't there, so I just stopped. Go- I stopped going. In '98, I signed up for what's called what was called ticket registration scheme, which is now what silver members are. Yeah. Yep. Uh, back then, I was what was called a red member. Uh, sorry, what was called ticket registration reserve list. Now, what that meant is, when games didn't sell out to people on the silver list, let's call it ticket registration stroke silver list. Uh, you had to bash the phone at a certain time to get a ticket. And the only games that were generally available was League Cup games. Yeah. Hence why I was at uh, Fabregas' debut, that Rotherham game that was won all up. I think we won 10-9 on penalties or something stupid. Uh, that is the game that I met. Um, I think I met Dennis Burkamp at that game. Oh, nice. Yeah, He still talks about it. I bet he does. It just, it just can't stop mentioning me. Anyway. Said, uh, I named a podcast after him. It's the least he could do. Well, exactly. I mean, exactly. But yeah, no. So from 98 to 2006, uh, I had a couple of mates who were 
ticket registration stream, stroke silvers, who work shifts. So between the three of us, we shared these two registration schemes and they got basically nine out of ten of the games. So all the Premier League games, all the Champions League games, and they'd probably miss like one or two games a year. Yeah? Yep. Uh, when we moved to the bowl, I was upgraded to a silver membership. Silver mem- At that point, uh, the club are now saying that there was 30,000 people that were silver members, yeah? Yep. So they upgraded 30,000 people to silver members, and including the family how, enclosure. How much is it? How much is it? At the moment, I pay, I think <coughs> I have to pay £45 a year to be for a purple member uh, membership because I have to sit in the wheelchair spaces, and then I could pay that and never get a ticket. Well, when it was ticket registration scheme at Arsenal, it was £22 a year, but every time you booked a ticket, uh, they knocked. Uh, they reduced the price by a pound. Oh, that's good. So if you went 22 games in a season, which was possible because we was Champions League and blah, 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 uh, it was actually free. When we moved to the Emirates, it was, I think the first year was about 30 quid. And the allocation was about 6,500 tickets. So I went Burkamp's testimonial game, which was a reduced capacity game, uh, but there was no problems with the ticket there. Uh, I went from that game, still sealed in its bag. Don't I gave it to? I gave it to my mum's cousin, yeah, to give to his kid, yeah, and he kept it himself. Come back. I've still got the Champions League final one and the last games at Highbury ones all still sealed in their bags. I've got two of them actually. I've got two Champions League finals still oh, sealed. Didn't, yeah, you didn't even fucking go. I was in Paris. Oh, for you? I didn't see yeah. you. Well, there was about hundred and fifty thousand on the stand. <laughs> had you been? Had you had a few shandies? Uh, yeah, it was three days of absolute mentality. It was absolutely mental for three days. I'll stop interrupting. Go on with the stories. It's interesting. Well, okay, okay. Well, anyway, so. Yeah, so the first season at our, at our uh, first season at the bowl, it was about thirty quid for a membership, and there was about six and a half thousand uh, tickets. So literally from the away supporters right the way to the corner, corner flag, and then uh, two or three, two at least two full blocks in the clock end. Yeah. Also, when they moved, when we moved to the bowl at the Highbury for all those years, I was going. A wheelchair season ticket and my carer zero pounds. Mm. When they when we moved to the bowl, I I my season ticket was half price and my carer got in for nothing. Still a bargain for me, but it just shows how much they decided to ramp up prices and start charging more for everything. Yeah, no, exactly. Anyway, uh, about <clears throat> I mean, like I say, so I went the Burkhart testimonial, which I think it was three quarters capacity because when you get a a new stadium to pass its health and safety regulations, yeah. they have to do uh, limited capacity games building up to full capacity. So they've yeah. done like a, a training session where I think they just had the West Stand open, yeah, uh, upper and lower. They did Brazil, Argentina that I went to. Yeah, and then, like I say, the, the Burkamp game, which I think was about 50,000. Yeah. Uh, and then the first league game of the season was full capacity, which... And that was Aston Villa. Aston Villa, yeah. Uh, one all. Uh, Olaf Melberg scored for him, I think. He Yeah, he's got the first goal, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so 
that was that. Got tickets, no problems. And literally for the next five or six years, the only fight that I had in buying tickets uh, and the only sort of stressful times online, because by then it had all moved to an online system and no phoning in or, or less phoning in, so to speak. The only grief that I got was the fact that I always wanted a lower tier seat. I always, always wanted a lower tier ticket because A, I preferred a lower tier and B, it was like a lot cheaper. Mm. Uh, so that that was my struggle. And uh, up until the whole way through, up until this season, I only ever missed out on one sale where I couldn't get a ticket anywhere. And that was the first time we played Barcelona. Mm. Now, Obviously, when we play in the Champions League, which, again, is going to be an additional issue next year, is UEFA uh, asked for X amount of tickets for corporate clients and sponsors. they fucking do. People who don't give a fuck about football. Yeah. So next year in the Champions League, uh, which, like I say, I mean, we are more or less guaranteed that now, uh, there's going to be even less tickets available because UEFA are going to take another chunk of them. Right. So a, a big Champions League game next year is going to be a nightmare for silver and red men. Well, for silver members, for red members, they'll probably still get their, their allocation. But anyway, yeah, over the years, the club, as opposed to the red, which was original like this reserve list, you go to shit league cup games against Rotherham, uh, they started giving the red members a set allocation per game, which started at 500 then went to a thousand, and now it's up to three and a half thousand. Now, in the summer of this year, the membership fee for red members went down by five pounds. The silver membership went up, and it's now forty nine quid. Right, and that, that and, guarantees you nothing apart from a welcome pack. Well, basically, what what we've done is from thirty quid for six and a half thousand tickets uh, this season for a silver member, uh, it's forty nine quid, uh, and for a Premier League game, there's approximately two thousand tickets. So they've cut it. So, and this is what really winds me up at the moment. This is why the the club stopped talking to me and cancelled two meetings with me. It was because I was just asking them questions they didn't want to answer, like, why did you increase the price of silver membership when you knew that the allocation had gone down by that much? Because what the club also did at the start of this season was the year after COVID, the first year back, uh, they offered any season ticket holder a year's season ticket holiday. So whether or not they'd been ill through COVID, whether or not they'd lost their job, whether or not they were elderly or had health reasons why they didn't want to sort of mix in, a, you know, mix for a while, and they gave them all a holiday for one year, and they could get their season ticket back back the following year. Yeah, yeah. What the club did is they then sold. Uh, they're saying only five hundred. I'm thinking they're telling porky pies. They then sold those season tickets. Uh, to people on the understanding that you've just got this season ticket for one year. Oh. Now, at the start of this season, they gave everybody who's had a year's holiday who wanted to come back, they got their seat back, yeah? Yeah. And everybody uh, who had a COVID season ticket 
was relocated to another seat if they wanted it. Right. So that also decreased the allocation to game-by-game sales sales uh, by at least 500. The club were admitting 500. I think it's closer to 1,000. Mm. So from there this season, it was to me, it was obvious. I, I mean... I probably only, you know, I, I go about half a dozen times a year. I'm not going to admit I go every single game. You know, yeah. I, I can't afford to. I've got family and all sorts of stuff. But what I do is, because the sales are normally 10 o'clock in the morning or on a Monday or Tuesday, uh, in my little group chat, I've got a mate who's a van driver. I've got a mate who's a sales exec. I've got a mate who's an air traffic controller. Uh, I've got a mate who's doing lots of work in Germany at the moment. And between us, I've been helping everybody book up the tickets for the games that they want to go to as well. Yeah? Mm. Like I say, like any any group of Arsenal supporters is doing the same. You help your mates out. So I've been literally in every single sale this season. And after about two or three games, I was just sort of looking at it and thinking, there's something not quite right about this. There's just not the tickets there. And the club realised it. And around October time, they capped how many tickets can go to the UK Ireland uh, supporters clubs uh, and the overseas supporters clubs. So they capped them to 650 for UK and 350 for overseas. Is this but, going back to like the old days where you'd say, why would they want um, regulars going? Because they're not going to buy a scarf, a kit, a hat and lots of food. No, basically, the problem is it, it's almost been the perfect storm this year. Because we've got probably the best side we've had in, well, God knows how many years, 16 years. Yeah. Uh, combined with the fact that it's the lowest amount of tickets available on a game-to-game basis. And especially with the silver members, if you think we've gone from 6,000 to 6,500 tickets per Premier League game, and at the moment it's only about 2,000, uh, that's why the club can come out with its unprecedented demand. But yeah. the way they've set this up by giving the red members an allocation of 3,500 and take that directly out of silver members and take the COVID season tickets uh, was also taken directly out of silver members. And you've got to bear in mind that silver members, Dan, uh, the minimum a silver member has been a paying member every single year of the club has been 15 years. Right. So anybody that, you know, any adult over the age of 33 that's been a member since I was 18 have been screwed by the club for tickets this year. And they've gone and cut it down to six and a half grand. From, from an allocation of, from three thousand from 30,000 people going for six and a half thousand tickets. Yeah. Yeah where basically I never had a problem buying a ticket ever, apart from one game. So this season, where you've got 30,000 people going for about 2,000 tickets. And my issue really is the fact that a lot of silver members, uh, I know quite a few silver members that live abroad or live in Northern Ireland or live in Ireland. And they, they come over half a dozen times a year and they've got their silver membership so they can book a ticket up. They can book their hotel, book their flight, and they're all quite happy and all quite comfortable doing that. And they've been supporting Arsenal the same way for 15, 20 years, yeah? Mm. Now they can't book a ticket 
it just completely frustrates them because the allocation has been given to newer fans. And what the club did, which I think has been very, very rotten on them this year, is they never stopped selling red memberships. Even though no sit- one's got a chance, of get, you've got a fuck all chance of getting anything. Well, the red membership uptake is probably doubled. Is that the one where there used to be there was I'm number 140,000 on the list or something? Yeah. And they're still selling those, even though that means you've got no chance of getting a ticket. They were still selling red memberships on Bank Holiday Monday so that people that could buy a, a red member... If, if, if you was that way inclined and was a tout and had you know paid your money for a decent uh, bot, you could buy it. You could buy a red membership on the Monday under a complete fake name and fake address. Yeah. On the Tuesday, you could have bought a ticket for Wolves at home the last game of the season. And the club have actively encouraged people. They, they was running adverts on Instagram for red memberships on Bank Holiday Monday, the day before the last ticket sale of the year. So people are buying, paying thirty quid for a membership, which expires on the thirty first of July. Yeah just in the hope that they can buy a ticket for the Wolves game. The club of, of, of basically with regard, and it's unfair to, because I mean, there's people out there that have been a Red member for like 12, 14 years. And it's unfair on them as well. So when the new person buys a new Red with a fake everything just to get a better chance, do they have, have more of a chance of getting a ticket than someone who's been a Red member for, for a decade? They have exactly the same chance. Right, so that all they have to do is just go and buy, set up fifty fake accounts, and you've got fifty percent, fifty more chances. Yeah, I mean, basically, that's how the touts are doing it. Uh, and the whole actual—if we go into the ticket buying system—it's absolutely perfect if you was a professional tout, mm. because basically what you do is you buy a membership under a fake name for thirty quid. Uh, you set your, your bot up so that you're front of the queue. You get into the front of the queue. Now, this is what Arsenal, I'm not even sure they're aware of it, but you, once you're in the ticket system and you've been accepted into the ticket system, yeah? Mm. Uh, generally, this year as a silver member, you've got, if you're not in within the first five minutes, if you're not accepted into the ticket system within the first five minutes, you're not getting a ticket. With the red members, it's normally the first 12 minutes because they've got, you know, obviously double the amount of tickets, strangely enough, right? But once you're in, you can only buy four tickets at a time. But once you've made a purchase, you can then go and make another purchase and another purchase. So when you've got a bot running that gets you in bang on 10 o'clock, yeah. Uh, the professional touts with red memberships can probably run off about 20, you know, three or four bookings. So between 12 and 16 tickets within that time period. Whereas what they should do really is one booking of four, then kick you out. But they don't. You're allowed to stay in the system. Is this because they just got no idea? It's like when, when the, the, the people from Facebook were interviewed by the US government and they were asking them questions about how an email works and things like that. They've got people of a certain generation of apps. Like my brother's got no ideas. He refers to a PC. He has a Mac. He refers to a PC as a Microsoft computer. Is it mm. these kind of people that have absolutely no idea what they're doing, and they just think, oh, it's okay, leave the system as it is because we're selling tickets? I've no idea, mate. 
I've honestly honestly no idea. I mean, I had uh, <clears throat> I started trying to speak because I mean, we, we've you know we've got a decent silver rep now. A fellow called Josh, who's a good lad, right? Yeah. Who speaks up for silver members on fans forums meeting, but fans forums meeting just tend to be the club asking for you know if anybody's got any questions about how warm the hot dog was, hmm. uh, and then informing them of what they're planning to do. There's no real sort of discussion or sort of deep dive in what's going on. Is it like uh, a of, thank you very much for inquiries into our business or something like that? It, it's it's more or less like that these days with the fans forum. Yeah, uh, I started trying to speak to uh, the supporters liaison officer around September October, October time. Uh, he was just giving me co- company line. Uh, you know what asked I've been saying in their emails and stuff like that. I said that weren't good enough. I want to escalate this. So I escalated it. I got up to uh, a girl, I believe, called Amy and one called uh, Kali, uh, who agreed to have a meeting with me. The morning of the meeting, literally an hour before the meeting, it was cancelled because they, I mean, basically, what they done? They set up this meeting on, uh, oh, bloody hell. What's the uh, the meeting app that's connected Zoom. with Hotmail? Zoom? Spaces. No, not Zoom. Not Spaces. A few, uh, um, team Viewer? Team Viewer. Got it. Anyway, so they've, they've sent me through this link for Team Viewer for a meeting in two weeks' time, right? Yeah. And I've said, oh, so I've emailed back. Uh, sorry, never used this before. Uh, what do I have? What, you know, what do I need to download to, to do this? And they explained to me what I had to do to join the meeting, yeah? You should have asked me. I'd have sorted you out. Well, exactly. Anyway, an hour before the meeting, I get an email saying it's been cancelled because they were under the impression I was going to uh, record it and live stream it. You couldn't live stream if your life depended on it. No, I know. I can use spaces and that's it. The spaces, you press one button and type in a title. Right, yeah. So I I said, look, so I asked you how to use TeamViewer. Uh, why the hell do you think I would, you know, how the hell do you think I would, would work out the technology from there to be able to live stream it? <laughs> anyway, so they said, okay, well, we'll set up another meeting, but we'll include the silver rep, Josh. Yeah. Went, okay, that's fine. And then they said, can we have a list of questions you want answered? Went, okay, no problem. So me and Josh uh, spent a while putting these questions together, asking them what's going on, yeah? Uh, and it wasn't just about silver members. It, it you know it included the the silver senior members as well, and the silver members that were supporters clubs, and you know I took advice from you know other people as well and showed them, and everyone agreed it's a good set of questions. Anyway, that that meeting was set up for uh, November, about November time, November December time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the day of the meeting come. Uh, with these two ladies from Arsenal, uh, we I got Team Viewer to work. I was about two minutes late because I couldn't work out how to use Team Viewer, obviously. The one that you were going to share with everybody on the internet, yeah, the one that I was going to live stream on fucking YouTube, right? Anyway, uh, we got we, we said hellos, and the first thing they said is, We haven't had the time to collate the answers to the questions, so what we'll do is we'll have a sort of little get to know you meeting. And then we'll reschedule the next one another time. Anyway, 
10 minutes into the meeting, my <clears throat> my partner's ringing me and my phone's going nuts. So I, I made my excuse and said, look, I've got to take this call. Anyway, so I've answered the phone. <clears throat> it's about quarter past, 20 past three, right? So anyway, uh, I've answered the call. Uh, Steph, who was going to pick the kids up from school, the car had broke down uh, at the supermarket. So I had to sort of leave the meeting and, and run to pick the kids up, which I say run, there was ice mm-hmm. and snow mm-hmm. on the floor. So I sort of skated to pick the kids up. And, but like I say, it, it was basically agreed from the beginning of that meeting that because they hadn't got all the information, it would be rescheduled anyway. So I said me goodbyes, pick the kids up, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, about three weeks later, the answers get replied to, which were pretty much unsatisfactory answers for most of them, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, Wasn't happy at all. And a new meeting was requested for the February. Do you think they really want to hear from you? Or are they just um, just going, okay, yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full, sir? You can decide yourself once I finish your story. (laughs) I've made my mind up. (laughs) Okay, all right. So anyway, in the February, the day before the real meeting to sort of do a bit of a deep dive. See, they asked us for questions so they could be prepared. They didn't answer them properly. So it wasn't wasn't us saying, look, can we give you some questions to answer? They insisted, we need questions to answer uh, before the meeting. So we know, what, so we can colorate all the information. Yeah. They sent us the information. We, me and Josh both weren't happy. The meeting was set up for February. The day before, they sent me and Josh, who and Josh is obviously the silver rep. Uh, we're very sorry. We're too busy at this moment in time to reschedule this meeting. Uh, we request you speak to your uh, rep on the fans forum. And he was meant to be part of it. So they sent Josh the silver rep, an email requesting that he speaks to himself. <laughs> Did he have a word for himself? <laughs> I'm not sure, to be honest with you, mate. There is actually, believe it or not, the since then, because obviously they've screwed up the support, supporters clubs and blah, 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 and everyone's getting the ump over seeing tickets on touted websites and everybody knows that bots are running the uh, ticket exchange and, fan, and uh, <clears throat> the Red South especially. Uh, there is a the fan because the fans form was getting so clotted up with talk about tickets. They said we're going to do a ticket. We're going to uh, have a ticket task force and have ticket task force meetings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's scheduled for tomorrow. Now, basically, everybody was sitting on the fans forum. Then said, "Well, the supporters club rep said, well, this involves me.'" The gold rep says, well, this involves me. The red rep says, this involves me. The silver rep says, well, this involves me. The gay gooners rep says, this involves me. Because, you know, they get a set allocation per game. Uh, The junior gunner rep, this involves me. The family enclosure rep, this involves me. So basically, everybody on the fans forum put in a case for being on this ticket task force. Uh... But, yeah, the, the club's basic f- philosophy, they knew they'd screwed up. So their philosophy was really, uh, we're going to put our head in the sand and ignore it and try and make it better next year. But they won't. Whatever they bring in will be worse next year. 
Is it because they're looking at it as in we're these we're going to sell all of our tickets and anything uh, and we don't need to do anything to do that? Most clubs would kill to be able to sell all their tickets. So why should we? If the idea of selling tickets is to sell them all and they're all selling, why should we care? Well, it's that also, Dan. It's the fact that somebody's at Arsenal's KPI or bonus will depend on how many red memberships are sold. No matter whether they're they're pointless and moribund. And... No, no matter if they are uh, fake names. Uh, the good one at the moment, the best one that I've seen this so far this season, well, I say the best one, the most devious, scammers are buying red memberships. Yeah. Right, they're putting a fake name on it. They're getting a uh, fake Revolt Bank account. Right. And then they're going to people and saying, I've got two tickets for the Chelsea game. Uh, what I'll do, I'll give you my, my membership number. Oh, I've seen this on Twitter, yeah. You add me to your network, mm. and then people are thinking, well, he's, he's a member. He's, you know, he's got the tickets. The people are then handing over the money, and then they're just blanking them. Yeah. And Revolt, obviously, Revolt is, uh, uh, like I say, it's, it's an online bank. So, like yeah, I say, well, yeah, I mean, you only really need uh, Not answerable <laughs> to anyone. They don't have to apply, apply by the laws of normal banks in this country. Well, I mean, I've actually got an account from there. Uh, because it, it, under my Harry own Redknapp. name. <laughs> yeah, Harry, Harry Redknapp, and I think the, uh, it's Rosie, isn't it, the password? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I've got I've got one under my own name because it's good for uh, shares and coins. Yeah. So I've got a few sort of shares and that that like I do via their, via their one. But like I say, I mean, how easy is it to get a, uh, <clears throat> you know, the template of a fake driving licence? Very too you know easy. I mean? Too easy. So it's, that, that's how scammers are doing it. It's very, very devious. Uh, but again, the club is set. You know, I mean, they're they're selling these tickets for like 150 quid each or whatever. Uh, when they get reported, the club closes down that red membership, and then they just open up another one for 30 quid. Yeah. So you know, the club really have to have sort of like a cut. They should really have cut cut off taking on new members at the start of the season. But because they haven't, they've probably earned another three million quid. So it's, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's just been down to greed, mate. They've been very, very... And, and the whole ticket set up and buying a ticket and it crashes and the Wolf Silver Sale people are getting to the payment page, think they're paying, the money's gone out their account, it crashes, they don't get an email for three days to confirm that they've actually bought, a, you know, to confirm they've got a ticket. And the club have had, like, in excess of six million quid this year yeah. For to sell about twenty one or twenty two lots of eight thousand five hundred tickets. Huh. Do you know what I mean? How are other clubs getting on with this? Is it just Arsenal or is it just general? Because I know Sean went to get some tickets for something, and then I heard on the news that it was a tour, and there was something like a million tickets were sold in the first thirty seconds, all by bots, and the fans couldn't get any of them. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, I mean. Glastonbury's like that, on it? And yeah. I think I think it was uh, was it Beyonce? I think it was. But so, how are other clubs dealing with this situation? Are they as bad as ours? <sighs> it's only re- the the problem is is 
it only shines up as an issue when the demand exceeds uh, drastically. Does it happen with League Cup games? <laughs> there will be touts and bots buying for them. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's been, you know, there's been touts over Arsenal since, you know, since we, you know, since we were kids, mate. Yeah. There's always there's always been them lot of, lot of you know touts on the street, but now it, it's a multi million pound industry where you know these professional touts are trying to hoover up as many top tickets to major sport events throughout the whole of Europe. Mm. And whilst it's illegal in the UK, all these websites are set up in uh, in Europe, and they all have various ways of working. One lets people post their ticket. Uh, and the price they want and sell it that way. Uh, Some buy the tickets themselves. Obviously, there's about 500 tickets to Arsenal. Uh, I think these are predominantly club level. About, I think it's about seven, eight years ago when club level wasn't selling out, Arsenal sold about 500 club level season tickets to holiday companies. Uh, which are listed on arsenal.com, yeah? And they're what's called official holiday partners. Now, what happens there is is these holiday companies were selling the club-level tickets and the tour and all that malarkey in with a hotel and flight for people around the world, yeah? Yeah. Because this season, the markup on just the tickets is so massive, they're just selling the tickets. Huh. Right, they're sending tickets to anybody because where was like before where they would sort of like break even on the uh, you know they're doing like thirty quid on the club level ticket, they're doing forty quid on the hotel and they're doing fifty quid on the flight, and they'd make like hundred and seventy hundred and eighty quid per ticket. Yeah, yeah. This year, put the club level ticket up for five hundred quid. They've made like three, over three hundred and fifty quid. So it's. It's that, but like I say, the, the problem with those tickets is the club have given them permission to resell them so they can charge what they like. So when people say, why doesn't the club go and buy back the tickets and then ban people, they could end up buying back a ticket that they've sold to somebody, uh, legally allowing them to resell it. And how, um, What are other clubs doing, though? Well, I mean, Liverpool must speak yeah. to other fans. No, I, I don't generally. Uh, Liverpool and Man United are generally the only Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man United are generally the only clubs that have consistently sold out home and away for the last sort of twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Man United, especially with away, they're very, very strict, and with with home, they are as well. Uh, I don't know exactly how they do stuff. I was talking to a Man United fellow the other day, but we weren't. He was just sort of asking how we did it, really, and he was just sort of a bit amazed that there isn't some sort of like set amount or some ballots. I mean, that they have levels of membership where you put in for a game, and then eighty percent of that membership will get a ticket for that game, and then the rest. Do you know what I mean? But it's just purely the fact that, like I say, my. And like I say, I mean, everybody's got their own selfish way of looking at it. But the way I look at it is a fully grown-ass adult buying their first membership this season 
should be nowhere near a ticket compared to somebody who's been a member for 15 plus years. It's not right. You need to earn your time. Well, exactly. And, and you know, as I said at the beginning of this story, I mean, I, I'd done my eight years as an equivalent Red member. I didn't moan. So, I mean, I often went up to Arsenal with my two mates uh, when they were both off shift and I'd sort of sit in the pub or be lucky and someone in the pub would say, oh, I've got a spare gav and I'll take the spare. Or, you know, I had a mate who knew somebody in a, who drank in a gunner's pub and she'd go over and see him. And sometimes I'd get a ticket like 10 quid over face value. Mm. So I would take that. Do you know what I mean, it, it, it just it just was what it was. You just lift off spares and, you know, a cheap a cheaply tatted ticket or you didn't go. Now people think that they can, this year, for the first time ever, decide they want to go games and they're getting sort of like more priority over everybody else, especially if they're tech savvy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not, as you know, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very not very tech, tech, tech I have, savvy. I have noticed over the years... Do you know what I mean? It's it's a miracle I'm I run so, a shop I'm, sometimes. I'm surprised you've not been on mute the whole show. Well, yeah, I mean, I did log myself out twice. You certainly did. Uh, which is pretty good. But, yeah, it just it just is what it is, mate. But like I say, we'll see what... I know several people that are on the uh, Ticket Task Force meeting tomorrow. Yeah. So I should so get who? a good update about what's being said there. But, like I say, next year, Champions League games, just don't know what they're going to do. Who's at the top of the food chain when it comes to organising this? Who's, who makes the final decisions? Uh, Vinay. Yeah. I did actually email him uh, when he... Because Mark Brindle, who's a supporters liaison officer, his job was under threat in the redundancies uh, just I've after COVID. I've heard he's brilliant. Yeah, he's... Like I say, I mean, I'm not sure how he feels about me. He's always polite but I'm probably not his favourite person due to the stink I've caused trying to speak to people at the club yeah that's understandable well I don't blame him for it really Mm -hmm. Uh, but like I say if I went to him with a problem I know he would be professional about it and you know I've I've got full full respect for the fellow I really really have Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah I spoke to Vinay when I sent an email in to Vinay uh, when his job was up it was going to basically make him redundant so there wouldn't be a full-time supporters liaison officer at Arsenal. And how which many I, million profits do they make a year? Well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? But they, this is the problem. About after, they, they, they'd done a load, a load of redundancies about three years ago. Yeah, because of COVID. What, yeah. And a lot of those that went were pretty much near retirement age anyway. But the problem was, was they were Arsenal supporters. They knew how Arsenal Sports felt and they knew what Arsenal Sports wanted. And since they all got retired, it's all gone a bit downhill. Mm. Uh, I mean, I still speak to two of them every now and then on Twitter. Uh, Debbie and Sue, who were initially in charge of the junior gunners when, when I was a kid. Yeah, historically, um, they ran it for years. Yeah, exactly. And like I say, both of them have been retired off and loads of others got retired off. So you've got these people now that work in the ticket department and head up the ticket department. Uh, it's, it's their career. It, it looks good on their CV. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's one of those. Then You know, they're not they're not fucking gooners. But, uh, you yeah, know, the, the head of it is, is Vinay anyway. He, 
messaged me about he messaged back after I said well done for not you know for keeping Mark Brindle on great decision blah 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 mm. and he emailed back thanks I said well I said thank you very much for the reply uh, whilst I've got you uh, and I wrote an email about silver membership and this was like about two years ago silver membership and how I thought it was un- uh, how we shouldn't be charged full membership for the COVID year when we wasn't allowed to book a ticket. Because during COVID, silver members still had to pay their full fee. And I think when they renewed, you got like about a third of the money off the next year to renew, yeah? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he emailed back, uh, would love to chat. Uh, I do feel that, you know, you need, you need to speak to the relevant departments and people, blah, 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 blah. Uh, got to go now as... Uh, I'm flipping the pancakes for my kids, and these are the toppings we're having. And he oh, spoke more. He spoke more about huh? informative. Yeah. So uh, when it was decided that Silvers wasn't getting a full refund, I emailed him uh, and said, "You're a thief." <laughs> How did that help the situation? Well, obviously not. But I mean, no. it's better than what I called the previous CEO. So, yeah, it's, like I say, to, I know we're probably boring everybody in the uh, who's listening and in the chat and everything. But no, It's interesting. Like, um, like Brady's Bananas, Pert. Um, also, passport verification check, and it when initially setting up your red membership, etc., just like the bookies do, if the club cares, this can be solved. Uh, Boy 10 says, it's rival fans buying our tickets to make money. Loki, who's, who's a little bit younger than us, says, we used to walk past touts on match days and then shout, we don't want to buy... We don't want to buy a ticket. Just watch them scurry away like rat, right rats. And he says, uh, in 2004, Junior Gunner. Oh, I was 004, Junior Gunner in 1982. Oh, bloody hell. And then Cody says, um, Debbie Bennett, Gav. Yeah, Debbie, yeah. yeah. So I, like, so I, sp- I speak to her every now and then on Twitter, and she's a member of this little Arsenal group on Facebook, and she often posts up memorabilia that she finds and stuff like that. Lovely woman. Uh, she's a big, big, blonde, curly, big, big, bushy, blonde, curly hair. Like, like our good selves. Did you ever message Loki? He's the one that does the CAD drawings of any seat in Highbury. He's done it all. Did, did no, you... we keep meaning to do that, and I don't get round to it. Remind me after the show, and I'll give you his email address, and you can contact oh, him. So very, get, very good. Get me, get me his mobile number and his WhatsApp. Yeah, I'll but, do yeah. that then. All right, sweet, and I'll message him when we have a chat. Oh. I've got him on my phone. Oh, yes. uh, um, yeah, no, it, it just kind of is what it is, mate, really. But it's, uh, yeah, uh, I do agree. I mean, I, I put up a thing about, bloody hell, must have been about two months ago, about what I think the club should do. Uh, and I said on there that, firstly, they've got an ID check. Uh, every current silver, red, junior, senior member, because mm. uh, these, these stouts are clever. What they've been doing is to save either, to earn even more money They've been buying junior memberships. They've been buying 15-year-old memberships so they get even cheaper tickets. Anyway, so they've got you've got ID check everybody, ID check every new member. I'd also ban anybody from buying a ticket for the first year. Yeah. Uh straight off. If you're not if you're not a member by the first of August, you can't buy a ticket that season. Because like I say, touts get caught and they just buy another membership. 
30 yes, quid. It don't matter nothing to them. So how much do you reckon it would cost? If they said to you, right, then you're in charge of these tickets, how much do you reckon it cost you to set up a foolproof system with hiring people? How many people would you need? What, to, I, what, to ID check people? Uh, just to make sure the tickets are done properly and they couldn't, um, touts couldn't get it and bots couldn't get it. I've no idea. I've absolutely no idea. Uh, what I would do is see at the moment you can log into you can log in uh, and try because I mean it, <clears throat> apparently the people that are the most successful in buying a ticket in the Wolves Red member sale, uh, which was this week, logged in at quarter to nine in the morning for a ten o'clock sale. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and obviously bots have got these things which just automatically thing now. <clears throat> Some people logged in later got asked for their membership number to join the queue. Type in your membership number, yeah, and but it didn't ask for a password. That's so, cool. so what that did was, firstly, it prevented people from using multiple devices. So, I mean, the cl- the club said on the uh, the Wolves game, the club sent an email out saying. We had 30,000 people trying to log in for the Silver Cell versus Wolves. Well, there's only 30,000 members. Right. So how do they think 30,000, all of them, would log, trying to log in? Well, exactly. I mean, I've been trying to tell them that people are like... It's impossible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for a typical Silver Cell, there's two of us logging in on three devices each. That's six, that's six logins going for four tickets. Um, hmm. A lot of people do worse. I know a girl who the last game had 19 browsers open. Fucking hell. Yeah, but she Did got she the tickets. Did she get anything? Yeah, she got the tickets, yeah. Shit. Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, so the first, I mean, I've got no idea what the cost of it are, but I know it would come in for less than the £6 million membership fees they pick up. Uh, for a start, I would look for anybody else but Ticketmaster to be running their tickets because they've never been any good. I mean, Ticketmaster was originally set up as a uh, site to tout tickets on. And now they're the people that have got the most issues with touts. And now they've gone full circle back to what they started. Exactly. And like I said, I mean, Capture doesn't really work. And Click Here for a Human doesn't particularly work. And, you know, they've been blocking anybody who masks their IP gets blocked, which is unfair. Uh, my mate, believe it or not, he was abroad and off work and he had his first opportunity to sort of help us try and buy tickets. First time he'd ever logged into the system, bang, in at 10 past one, in at, sorry, one minute past 10, got the tickets. So you're assuming that foreign ISPs get better access? He's did that time, yeah. Wow. He was just using the hotel's Wi-Fi. He was sitting by the pool, and he'd, oh. put, he'd, got, he'd got our tickets booked up before I'd even uh, got into the ticket site. Huh. So I mean, it, it, yeah. And the other one is when you get in the queue. If you're at the front of the queue, you can email yourself a link to when you can sign in. Yeah. Hmm. So you can turn it off, and then when it's your turn to sign in, you send an email. You click the link, and bang, you're in the ticket system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People on Reddit are selling them logins. <laughs> Not even Arsenal supporters. Shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, right. 
like Brady's banana here says he put this um half hour ago. Um, when you are queuing to buy a ticket, you should have to solve a recapture type puzzle every five minutes where you get booted out, stops the bots. That's an idea that would work for you. It would help, but bots have got ways around that anyway. AI, 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 bot mate, does it straight away. My mate did it. My mate uh, did it the other day. He, he got a uh, he got a picture. He said, "I'm going to uh, see how long it takes AI to solve how many cars there are in this picture, this capture picture." Yeah. And he was like, "Bang!" He said, "It's five seconds." It's quicker than you could. Well, exactly. So I mean, so I'd probably press the wrong button, wouldn't I? You would. And then, or plus, you probably stream it at the same time. Well, yeah, I'd live. I'd live stream me doing it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, the, the first thing, like I say, to, to solve it, really, they've got a idea, everybody. Uh, before you can even before you enter to purchase a ticket, you should sign in. You should only be able to sign in once. Uh, and that would solve quite a lot to start with. And then what the club really need to do is target people of many. I know it sounds unfair, but they need to target the people who have managed to book every game this season. Because mm-hmm. that's uh, unlikely... Statistically, you'd be able statistically, to statistically, yeah, it's almost statistically impossible to have bought a ticket for every single game this season, especially on a red membership. Yeah. So anybody that has, they've got, you know, they've they've got to use their intelligence and and do it, and then they've How got. Another... Go on. No, go on after you. How about another kind of thing where every five minutes comes up with a random Arsenal question that most people, if you're an Arsenal fan, you should be able to answer. Oh. Well, that would stop the AFTV lot going for a start, wouldn't it? Oh, not anymore. There's a decent lot of people on there now. All the all the knobs have gone. They're, they're all probably in prison or um, have been sent abroad. To be uh, honest with you, I, I don't hear from them, and so that might be why. Yeah, they're, they're good blokes now. Some of my friends are on there, um, like Dan and Lee. Nice blokes. Um, okay. Let's move on to uh, four. We've been going nearly two hours. Let's have a little, yeah, bit, yeah. A little bit back. Have you finished there? Anything else you want to say on that before we move on? No, mate. Like I say, we've just got to... I'm going to lobby a few people tomorrow at that ticket meeting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll see what comes out of, out of tomorrow. But I expect it next season to uh, actually be worse, uh, especially for Champions League games. So if people want to find out more about this, everyone knows where you are on Twitter at SheWar. Anything else they need to know if they want to keep up to date with your battle against the touts? No, like I say, just you know, watch what you know people like AST yeah. uh type up about it. Uh Darren Arsenal, uh do a search for Josh Silver Rep. And yeah, just sort of follow their follow their tweet sort of thing. But if the outcome isn't Positive towards Silvers tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to knock we up. Riot. A, no, I'm just going to knock up a nice little email that everybody can send to Vinay. Yeah, sending uh, string that always works. Yeah, or exactly. peanuts. <laughs> yeah, that's what or, they did in the states, and they got fed up with people sending them bits of string, so they uh, got their they won. Mm, yeah, or send them pictures idea. of Harry Kane. <laughs> mm. God, I wish that on anybody. No, but yeah, no, like I say, I mean, that, that's the next step because all I want for next season is A, I want some kind of refund for this year as a silver member and for all yeah. silver members, 
Uh, I want the price reduced for next season as well. Uh, and I want to know before the season starts what what the actual allocation is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is the allocation up or down? You know, what is our allocation? Because you buy a red membership for 30 quid, you know your allocation for this season was 3,500. Yeah. For a silver member, you they, they wouldn't tell you. It, it took six months to get an answer out of them. Anyway, let's move on, Dan Dan. <laughs> right. A couple of free questions before we go. So for your player of the season so far for us. My player of the season? Yeah. Uh Saka. Oh. Go on. Why? Why him and not someone like Ramsdale or Erdegaard or any of that lot? He's just stepped he's he was good last year. He was brilliant last year, but he stepped up a level this year of his consistency. Uh, his goals are up, his assists are up, and he just makes us tick. He yeah. makes us tick down the right. I think he's probably one of the best right wingers in Europe at the moment. Uh, I could easily make a case for a lot of upper players, but I, ju- I just love Saka. Uh, he's this generation's David Rowcastle. Oh, that is true. That is very true indeed. Um, if you had to put uh, your collection of vape vape machines on the line, are we going to win the league? Oh. <laughs> I hope so. I really, really hope so. And not just for me, you, or my mates. I hope so for the younger generation who have had to put up with like we did of years and years of me, you know, being me, you know, just mediocre at school. So all these kids have had their whole school lifetime with Chelsea and Liverpool and Man United fans and taking the mickey out of them. Uh, this would be for them, just like it was for us in 89. Okay, right. And uh, what else? Your hopes for next season and if they're going to have, you know, being back in the day, it was first of all, we bought Ozil, next season we bought um, Sanchez, the next season we bought Petacek and then we gave up. Are we going to keep building and building? And is next season and the season after going to be the, the are they going to be, be able to emulate whatever Arsene Wenger did in Europe? Because that is the, the aim, isn't it? Over the next two em- or three seasons. Well, to emulate what Wenger did in Europe. Getting to two, no, he actually, what did he get? To two finals and he got to one um, uh, European Club Cup final. So he got to three, didn't he? A UEFA Cup, a Champions League. Or did it, was it Emery or was it Wenger that got us to the final against Chelsea? Uh, Emery, what, in Baku? Yeah. That was Emery. Right, so Wenger only got to two and a half finals. Yes. Uh, I would say that next year might be more challenging uh, because of the spending power of Newcastle. Uh, Liverpool can't be this bad two years running. Uh, well, they did it for 29 seasons before that, didn't they, in the league? So, yeah, it's, it's more of a blip than anything else, exactly. And uh, Chelsea, I mean, like I say, if they get a decent manager in there who manages to uh, get rid of a few players and start again, uh, they could be up there. Man City are obviously going to be up there. Man United are a couple of players away from looking at having a good first team. Uh, but I would hope that we do well. We hope we. Next year, again, get top four and give a good showing of ourselves in the Champions League. 
I'd expect us to, this is the summer where we might be buying the one or two top, top players, whether it's Rice or Bellingham, someone like that. I mean, I would love it this summer if we went out, even if we didn't buy anybody else. As long as we don't lose anybody, uh, if we bought Rice or Bellingham this summer, I'll be very, very happy. Personally, I'd like Bellingham. I think he is an absolutely stunning player. Yeah, but I'm increasingly worried about party with yeah. his whatever's happening off the field. His extracurricular activities that we're not allowed to mention or even no. attack. Which, which you know, which might or might not be the case. The fact that yeah. when he went home to play international games, yeah. uh, we had to send a chaperone with him to keep an eye on him. Oh, the, the alleged physio. The alleged physio, yeah. The, yeah. the, uh, the chaperone. The, uh, yeah. You will be in bed by nine o'clock on your yeah. own. I'm watching you, boy. Yeah, exactly. You're not leaving my sight, mate. Uh, and the fact that his injury record ain't the greatest since he's been with us. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that Rice would be perfect. Whether or not they dovetail for a season or two or what, you don't know. But I think purely on that, if Zaka was not been so brilliant this year, I would definitely say all that for Bellingham because Bellingham is quality. Mm. Is quality. Uh, but yeah, if we could get both of them, that would be absolutely unreal. Absolutely unreal. And then obviously we've got to worry about what's going to happen with Balogun. Well, what do you want? Um, I'd like to see him sign, do, um, sign for America. Sign for America. Um, <laughs> go as a, an American because they got their hosting the World Cup along with Canada and Mexico in, in four years or three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, he could be a superstar for them. He could be one of their greatest ever players because of the skills that he's got. But then he'd miss might miss games for us because they tend to play a hell of a lot of international friendlies. Um, but as a player, do you think he can make it for us next season, or does it? Would you loan him to another Premier League side next season, or would you oh. sell him? I think it's he's either got to be coming in as the the second choice centre forward next year, or we sell him. I don't think his agents are already making noise. Uh, he wants to be first choice somewhere. Mm. And if he's... He, Arteta's not going to guarantee anybody first choice. No. He he's learned his lesson from that. Yeah, exactly. That, that that just ain't happening. So if he wants to come back to us next season and fight for his place and he earns it, I'll be very, very delighted. But if we manage to get 30, 35 million for him, uh, with certain clauses in the contract, like either a buyback or a percentage of sell on on, mm. uh, then I'd equally be delighted as long as the money went on the right player. Yeah. But if he comes back, then Eddie's got to go. Right. I, I can't I can't see him having Eddie Balogun and Jesus. It, it's just not going to happen. Do you rate um, Eddie? Because personally, I don't think he's ever going to make it. Other, he's not going to be a first-team starter for, for all the games like Jesus would. He gives you something slightly different. He's, his overall gameplay was has has been getting better before he got injured and before Jesus was back. But 
he's not that that quality, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He's like a he'd probably get a good run and probably have a good career in half a dozen to ten Premier League clubs. He's got West Ham written all over him. I think so. I think so. I think he's uh He's like a West Ham, uh, Palace. <laughs> Might do a job at Brighton even. Mm. Uh, but like I say, he's got some goals at Jesus, wouldn't mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's, you know, hopefully if he gets called upon in the last eight games, he can he can come on and score one or two. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping for because you need players like that. Do you know what I mean? You, you need a squad like that and, He's not big-headed enough to not be able to cope with being a squad player. He yeah. perfectly copes with that, as the, the documentary showed. You know, what are you moaning about, bruv? No, none of us are playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? What you said to, to was it to Laconda, wasn't it? It was Laconda, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's got the mentality, you know, to do his best every day and, and do it, whether or not he's got the ambition to want to be the first choice at a top club, uh, apart from us, who knows? Loki asks a question. How about Billings from Bournemouth as a replacement for party? 26 years old, Danish international. His first Premier League season with the club and he's got seven goals from midfield. Last season in the Championship, they got 10 goals from midfield. Attacking midfielder, kind of. Um, is he attacking midfield? I'm not sure. Who plays in midfield? Yeah, just says he plays in midfield. Not sure what position he is in, but uh, six foot four. I'd imagine he is the party play replacement. Then plays for the yeah. five games for Denmark. Decent player, but not. Never seen it. I, I don't know, mate. Like, so I, you know, I, I generally only watch Arsenal games if I'm being honest. So you must you must have an idea about Ivan Tony though. Yeah, only in highlight reels, mate, really. Yeah. Uh, it would have been ideal this season for us, uh, apart from the fact he's probably going to get a nice, sizable band for betting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the only, I, think that's, I think if it wasn't for his betting thing, I think we would have bought him in January. Yeah. I honestly, honestly do. If, it, if he had not these betting allegations uh, hanging over him, I think we would have bought him in January. But I think he's. Uh, I mean, he could get like a two-year ban, you know. It could be. There's quite a few of them players that have that have been hit hard when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. yeah I'm just looking up Ivan Tony's stats. And the thing about Ivan Tony is he also can play down the left, so he would have been ideal because he could have done what Trossard is doing because he could have played down the left or played down the middle. A lot of his goals that, actually come from the left-hand side. So I did actually do a little bit of research on that one. Um, control find, I-V-A-N. Someone has deleted Ivan Tony from the Bournemouth... He's plus... No, close to Brentford, didn't he? Brentford. Dan, Brentford. Dan, I'm going to uh, I'm have to go and walk with the elephant. It'll be two minutes. Okay. I was looking at fucking Brentford talk, and it's talk to you uh, Bournemouth and it's not it's bloody Brentford. Um, this season, Ivan Tony. What do people in the chat think about Ivan Tony? Personally, I think he's a great player, not just because he played for the mighty posh, Peterborough United, um, who have just uh, the team, the company that owned the ground have just gone under, which is a little bit worrying. Two seasons with the mighty posh, managed to score 40 goals in two seasons in League One. Very good. 
First season with Brentford in the Championship, 31 goals. And our two seasons with Brentford in the Premier League, 30 goals in two seasons, 19, uh, 20, yeah, 19 goals all competition this season. I like him. But he's, uh, well, he sold against us, didn't he? He had a really good game against us. I like him, but he doesn't seem to be overly bothered about um, all the uh, the number of charges he's got against him for the betting. But then again, it's uh, he, he managed to get his first cap for England while all this stuff was going on. So maybe uh, as he's uh, now playing for England, they're going to let him get away with it a little bit more. What are you people in the, the chit-chat chatting about? Um, right, we've done your question, low-key. Um <laughs> Uh, Mr. Waffles says, uh, bye, Eddie. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Brady says, we won't call you Frank then. Hi, Green. Get Balogun in the squad. He's the new Freddy Adu. Boy 10 says, Jesus is going to get injured again. Injured every season at City. Yeah, unfortunately. So tricky. They just want to take him down and hurt him. Mike uh, Waffles said, I could see him doing well. Darby County. They're in, they're in the third tier of English football at the moment. They're not very good. Um, Avon says we might be selling Balogun to AC Milan. The chats have already happened. We do know how much uh, young British players, well, although he was born in New York, I've um, not heard him talk, but you know how much young um, players who've grown up in the Premier League love to go and play in Italy. We see at AC Milan at the moment, we've got Ismail Benica, and we've got a couple of other ones over there that have uh, the Chelsea have sent a couple over there that are doing really well. And they'd love to go over there. And personally, if I was a 22-year-old player, another choice of playing in the Premier League or buggering off to Italy, playing in Milan, living in Milan, oh, my God, I would be as giddy as a goat if I could go and do that at his age. What a life. What a life indeed, mate. Uh, Albert says, who of our keepers will inherit Turner's position? I expect him to move this summer. Now, Turner, I wasn't impressed. Then I was impressed at the World Cup, and then since the World Cup, I've not been impressed. Where do you stand on the Turner situation? He's 26. He's the now he's the um, USA's number one player, and he can't afford to to go another half a season without any games because as soon as it got to the league, the group stage, out of the group stages of the the Europa League, he hasn't played, has he? And he's not going to. Yeah, no, I think it would be uh, more game time for him next year. If I'm being honest, uh, just purely on the fact that. We've got a hope, really, that next season we're going to be playing about a minimum of 12 more games yeah. than we have this season. And I think he'll probably get a, a nice run in the Cups uh, to keep him fresh. And again, he's he's got his limitations. Uh, he looks like he, he can and wants to play out like Ramsdale does. And I've seen him pull off some good saves as well. Uh, but again, he's just one. He's one of these players that he he's not going to make a fuss. He ain't going to turn into that idiot at Villa uh, who mentions Arsenal every bloody up every blinking game. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not going to turn into one of them where uh, I'm too good to be a number two. He's he's happy. He's learning. You can't deny that Ramsdale is getting better with the training that he's getting at the moment. Uh, I think we've got the former Brentford goalkeeping coach in charge now at the moment. Oh, do you remember when Stevie used to always slag off our goalkeeping coach? <laughs> Windmilling the, um, what was his name? <sighs> right, I can't, if you say it, I'll, think, I'll say it in essence. Oh, I can't, people. Who was it? Who was it? It was, um, no, I'm not, wasn't Paul Barron. No, no. Something paying these on somewhere. Jerry Payton? Pay, uh? Jerry Payton? 
some someone like that. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but he hated him, didn't he? Yeah. Absolutely hated him. Yeah. Absolutely hated him. Uh but yeah, no, I think he's he's like I say, he's what you want from a from a number two keeper. And if he's getting like he's uh a dozen games and getting a game here and there, you know, if anything happens to Ramsdale, then that's gonna keep him happy. Do you know what I mean? It's as long as he's keeping his spot in the American team, which he seems to have done this season anyway, uh, I think he's going to be quite happy. Um, Steph asks, who is going to get any points off of Man City for the rest of this season, obviously excluding us? If I go down and have a look at Man City's remaining league, league games, going to go and click on the right button so I didn't have it ready. Um, the next game is going to be... Home to Leicester, well, they smashed them about 8 0, weren't they? Leicester were a good yep. pony. Then they're at home to Arsenal, we'll beat them 8 0. Then they're away at Fulham. That's, I mean, I no, even West Ham beat Fulham. Yeah, then after that, they were at home to Fulham and at home to Leeds. Do you see them dropping points in either of them? Mm, Leeds fighting for their lives, you never know. Um, I wouldn't hold much hope, though. No, me neither. And then they're away at Everton. I don't think Again, Everton, fight, Everton fighting for their lives. Uh, we need Agent Awobi to come and sort something out there. I mean, that, the, the, the Everton one is, is possible because it's, it's a tight ground. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very... Yeah, exactly. It's going to be very noisy. Uh, that might that won't be straight, straightforward. And mm. um, then after that, they are at home to Chelsea. I mean, could uh, Chelsea have sorted their life out by then? No chance. <laughs> and then they're away at Brentford. This is the one. The away to Brentford and the away to Brighton. Yeah. Uh, both play good football. Yeah. Uh, Brentford's home record's quite good. Brighton's re- has issues. Yeah. Brighton's home and away record is quite good. Uh, Brighton's still in with a sneaker top four, believe it or not. Uh Definitely, definitely a Europa space for Brighton would be massive for them. So I don't I think it's out of all of those games, if you was to pick two games where you think this ain't gonna be, you know, a cakewalk for Man City, it's gonna be them two well, apart from us, it's gonna be them two games, in my opinion. Yeah. But anything can happen, mate. They're playing every three games, every three or four days. Anything can happen. We just gotta hope that they um they do. It does get a little bit too much for them. Um, uh, Loki says, Do you, I don't think we we should buy any man any 90 million pound freeloaders. We need to, we need young, keen players. Uh, Brady's Banana says, Hopefully, Brighton will be the team to do that. Um, Albert says, Like the viewpoint, Gav on Turner. Um, Albert is, I think he's German. Um, and then Avon says, Don't exclude us. We're we are having at least two points off a of city. They'll drop points to Brighton away, so he agrees with you there. Um, right, I think. Have you got anything else you want to say, Gav? Before we go, because we've been doing two hours and ten minutes. Oh mate, Do you know what I mean, it's. I mean, that's shorter than our normal phone conversation. <laughs> I've <actually laughs> got my phone out in front of me now, and I'm going to give you Loki's phone number, then you can WhatsApp him. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Uh, no, mate. It's uh, like I say. After you, uh, you second me twice. Uh, it's been, it's been it's been nice. I mean, I mean, you know me, mate. I'll always pick up the phone and have a have a chat with you. And we probably have we probably have similar chats like this over the phone, apart from me swearing more and yes. going a bit 
you know, in depth for now, various scenarios in life and shit. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to hear you happy ish yeah. and normal ish. Yeah. yeah, and it's good that you're back doing these. Yeah. Because uh, no one else is going to step up apart from Femi, Carl, and Josh. The rest of them. Well, yeah, you should never have sacked me in the first place. I reckon. I blame you. Oh, you re- you've rehabilitated yourself. I've rehabil- How have I rehabilitated myself then? Well, you're not so choppy. You haven't threatened to kill anyone yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think MK has has, uh, has shown you the error of your ways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So people want to find more. I don't know whether I'm more chilled out, mate, but there's just like, it's, it's just a really, really good feel good factor around the team at the moment. It is. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I love it. I look forward to it and, you know, I'm counting down the days to the game and I'm not thinking, Oh God, here we go again. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what it felt like. It felt like, Oh God, what the hell are we going to have to put up with this game? Do you know what I mean? And, now it's sort of like looking forward to the games and, you know, we, I mean, if you'd said to me who would be second choice of, of player of the season, then, I mean, Martinelli, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with that fellow as well. He's going to be the new Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, don't, mate. He's absolutely superb. He's you know I mean? Absolutely gorgeous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, and then, sadly... Like, his future isn't going to be with us. We'll get another two or three years out of him and get a couple of hundred million for him. To be honest with you, that's what we should be doing. I mean, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be playing money ball like uh, like Brighton. Yeah. Uh, even though Brighton, whoever's in charge of the scouting at Brighton, Jesus, they Christ. have got their own version of stats DNA that is world class. Oh, they don't. charge other teams to use their their databases. Oh, mate, whatever they're doing, it's just absolutely immense. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's, it's well-being. You know, yeah, there, the there's no way. Three of their best players taken off of him in the last two seasons, and then they're still pushing for Europe. Yeah. Amazing. And we took yeah. Trossard off him, and it didn't really, they haven't really noticed the difference. I know, we've made him a better player. Um, there's recently, the, the newest Arsenal podcast is called FC Brews Banana, and that's got Luke, who used to do blogging for us and done a couple of shows. He's got Drew, who used to be a part of ABW. Um, if you had to have a guess, Gav, I've got a list of almost every Arsenal podcast that have done at least one show. Guess how many is on my list of Arsenal podcasts? Well, guess what podcast number that was, the newest one? Whatever. Yeah. I think ABW is number three, four, or five, something like that. Well, okay, I reckon that's probably three hundred and fifty. One hundred ninety-six. One hundred ninety-six. Oh, don't. I was going to go. To, I was going to go. I was going to go two hundred and ten. You know. So you, you built you built it up and put me off. I know. Sad. Time. So who's who's who was the first one? Hold on, was I've, it? Got, I've got I've got a little I've got a database here. You wouldn't be. I mean, there's yeah. Google spreadsheets. Here we go. Let me go to Arsenal podcasts. Um, and then I sort by first show, so low to high, um, sort sheet low to high. Um, the first one was Ask Blog in 2006. Yeah. Then it was the Online Guna podcast, 2008. And then it was okay. the Arsenal Review USA, 2009. 
And then it was Steve Spold Collective, which we we ran for a while. It was number four. So that was number four. And then yeah. we came off for that. Then it was uh, someone called Hate Hong Kong Guna was 2012. Uh, you Are My Arsenal, February 2013. And the Burkamp One Plan, number eight in June the 3rd, 2013. Oh, yeah. Yes, and we're approaching 5 million views on all platforms. And the next one is Hugh Wizzy, but then he deleted 21 million video videos ah. views at one point recently. He had a right old clear out now that he's working on um, TalkSport and he is very, very good. They're, they're yeah, no, I, I like him. He is, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's very good. He's, it's nice how he's changed his accent now that he's working on radio. He's gone very PR. Pronounce, <laughs> pronounce, um, RP uh, renounced. Oh, fuck me, I can't remember what it's called. The Do you know, Dan? While we're on the subjects of firsts and longest, oh, go on in. Do you know who runs the longest running continuous Arsenal blog based in London? Is it um, Jockman? No. Is it uh, Ars Blog, who's based not in London? No. <laughs> Would it be a certain grumpy fat bloke called Dan? <coughs> oh, go on, who is it? Me. Oh, I had no idea you did a blog. Where can people find it? Oh, my blog is at shewar.com, Dan. Oh. Uh, I don't do any of the writing anymore. Keynotes does all the writing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it is, believe it or not, it, I think it's now the, I think we're the third longest running continuous blog. Yeah. In, the world. Uh, in yeah, Arsenal blog. That I've heard of. Yeah. Uh, after Ask Blog was about a year before. Yeah. And the Grove was about three, three or four months before. Uh, under the name She Wore, but under the name, the original name of the blog that I do was actually called Ask Online. I do remember Ask Online. Before it was actually run by me. When I took it over, yeah. uh, the platform changed and the name changed. Well, but, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, so we're dinosaurs, aren't we? I don't know. Where I've managed it for 15, 16 years, Dan. I know. Uh, really is there a med? Is there an MBE or an OBE coming our way? No, I think I'll just get continually blackballed by the club instead. What, what better way to end the program with a threat of um, online blackballing? <laughs> however, we're going to put it right, Gav. That has been good. That's been a good uh, uh, two hours and seven, 18 minutes. Thank you very much. And if people want to see, uh, listen, uh, have a quick read of something you do actually write on, on uh, what is it, Instagram you do one, don't you? Yeah, no, I do. Uh, like I say, I mean, what I, most, nights of the, most nights of the week, I sort of, most days of the week, I sort of, any breaking news, I put it up on the Facebook page. Uh, if I put a picture on it, it automatically goes over to the Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, but like I say, I mean, I, I don't need to, you know, there, there's plenty of, I wish more people follow me on Instagram, but like I say, on the Facebook, there's just over 60,000 people on there, which is yeah. Facebook, oh, Facebook.com forward slash she wore. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it's at she wore shop because she wore was taken. So Have I've you generally checked like, every now and then to see if it's been untaken. I haven't for a while, you know. Yeah. I haven't for check. a while. I should do. But, yeah, no, like I say, and obviously Twitter at SheWar, so, and yeah. the blog at SheWar.com. But, no, like I say, I mean, generally what I do is if there's a breaking story, I'll put the story up. 
and then um, <clears throat> Kino's does a blog in the morning. This fella called uh, Nugs does like a lunchtime sort of like mini blog on the Facebook page where he sort of gives his thoughts about what's going on. And then in the evening, I do thoughts on food. Exactly. Where I'll, I'll and like I say, it's the evening one where I sort of like, during the day, I'll generally like, I'll give my, I'll give the facts of what's happening. Like Chelsea game moved to Tuesday, 8 p.m. due to police advice. And then in the evening, I'll say, yeah, the Chelsea game's been moved. And then I'll slag up, and then I slag off the Met Police. So it's, I mean, it, 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 so that, that's kind of how it runs. There's normally sort of like a, a slow day, there'll be a blog in the morning, a lunchtime one, and then like a seven o'clock in the evening one. And it's, like I say, it's, it's, there's a great set of people in there. There's not, it's predominantly, uh, predominantly decent people. I mean, I really, really have to ban anybody because everybody's, you know, there's some subjects where people obviously have a difference of opinion, Dan. Yeah. Right? Uh, as me and you have probably done a couple of times over the years. Yeah. Right? Uh, but as long as people are, you know, debate without name calling uh, and, you know, try and have a laugh with it, uh, it's. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. And generally, on there, there's no childish disputes. There's no people, you know, calling each other out. There's no one, you know, it, it's, it's, decent, it's decent debate, even though there can be a difference of opinion. People have a different debate. So there's no, you mug, I'll see the next game or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, and there's no childish insults on there. Anybody does that, they, they just get kicked off. Because there's yeah. too many people on there who, who enjoy a, a good, decent chat about Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? And that's how it should be. It is. That's um, how it should be. I'll get you back on before a few times before the end of the season because uh, all these kids they don't know they don't know they're born, do they? Most of them they they think they've had a couple of rough years. Try supporting Arsenal in the seventies and eighties. That, mm. that was rough. Yes, yeah, I really. Like I say, Dan, I'll, I'll do absolutely anything for you, sir. Yeah, and it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and talking nonsense about Arsenal for a couple of hours so yeah whenever you want me we'll uh, we'll have a chit chat and as usual if you want anything from me I see your number come up I put on a Chinese accent and tell you you've got the wrong number which is very confusing when I want a Chinese it certainly is because yeah, the amount of times I've said that it's on its way sir and it hasn't actually turned up Mr Waffles a friend of mine said he's followed you on all things I've put all the links to your Instagram oh uh, thank Facebook. you they can find themselves your blog and uh <laughs> and what a way to end the show Ryan Mitchell puts exactly Fellaini will be the cherry on our cake oh, no, <laughs> a, decade, a decade too late anyway oh. thank you very much everybody who has joined us tonight for the impromptu chat if you have liked what you have seen give it a thumbs up, share it write it on a piece of paper, put it through the letterbox of everybody you know, in fact go to your company headquarters and CC everybody in on a an email with a link to this podcast and the She War links and then um, and then deny all knowledge of it. But if you haven't liked it, go to the Gooners pod. And my name's been Mike. Uh, unsubscribe and report us to Twitter. We will be back sometime <laughs> this week, maybe with another podcast. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but we will, I will be back for the, the West Ham. Is it West Ham we got on the weekend? West Ham Sunday, isn't it? Sunday, I believe. Ooh, 
I'm just looking here. Two o'clock on the 16th of April, which is going to be Sunday. Four, four o'clock. Two o'clock. Fucking hell, I've got to get up early. Well, yeah, but <clears> me <throat> and Deke doing that one. I'll be back, and I'll be back for all the other shows, and I might have to host some podcasts because Chris doesn't care anymore. He's dead to me. Right. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> Thank you much, Gav, and we will see you all night. You haven't heard our new outro, have you? I haven't, no. Like I say, I mean, I've only been sitting here for two hours because I've been told how brilliant it is. I know. It's wonderful. Right, people, you know, I'm going to play my very spell. I made this. It's the our Steve and Dave outro. Gav, try and keep your, your tears in. And don't go away, Gav, because uh, I'll tell you when the podcast is ended so you can let out a, a litany of uh, swear words. Well, thank you very much, people, and we will see you later. Up the Arsenal. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on them and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.